Buddy, what's going on? Hello. Hello there. How are you? I'm well. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. How are Excellent. you? How are you? I'm good. Welcome. How was your stream? Uh, my early stream? It was all right. I got a lot done. Welcome, everybody, to the Drunk Tank episode 11. Uh, we're bad at titling these things, but it's episode <laughs> 11 of season one. I am Dox Ryan. That is... It's Chris. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. How's the match? Doing good. Nice to do. Yeah, it's still going. <laughs> who's, who's winning? Uh, oh, no. Rangers just scored. We won. Nice. Yes, congrats to the Rangers. <laughs> Damn Celtic bastards. Uh, oh, no. we put them out last week. So yeah, I know you did. You know, you, know, I love, you know I love trolling you when it comes to Celtic, though. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, my I guy, know. I know. Lazy Sunday, yes. Yes, a very lazy Sunday. What I need to do, but slide on that and grab my beer. Yeah, I'm getting my beer right now. Ooh, look at that! Look at that! It's fancy. Y'all can't even see the label. My camera is so bright. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Anyway, as I said in the beginning, before I got sidetracked, uh, this is the Drunk Tank episode eleven, season one. Chris and I hanging out, bullshitting. Chris. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a very nice beer that I don't know how it will go down with yours, but it's a New England IPA from the Bad Company, Ooh. and it is Boston Tea Party. Ah, <laughs> nice. Boston yeah, I'm quite. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this one's going to go now. So it's an IPA, so it means it's one of those bitter bullshit beers. I don't know about you, but I can't, I'm not big on IPA because I don't like the double hops that most IPAs use. So ten, IPAs to me tend to be a little more bitter and less flavorful than like a, a standard ale. I don't know, I could be wrong. You tell me what you think. Right, Ah, uh, yeah. But, uh. Yeah, I think that's, um, the, the, I think bitters. It's a weird one because in some cases I would go, yeah, the IPAs are a lot better, but in other cases it's like, well, the the IPAs just they can hit a different note, you know. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm just, just in just some cases it can just hit that di bit different that makes everything gives you that makes everything happy. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I I know there's a couple good IPAs, but not, like I said, I'm not. I'm not a big IPA guy, but I do like lagers and ales and shit, so. Uh, am I frozen on your end, or are you frozen? Um, On my end, I'm fine. I'm just watching your To version. be honest, and I think, yeah, on mine, I am absolutely tanking the CPU, so I'm going to have to just end my recording. Oh, like, I'm, I'm not sorry. even going to bother streaming. I'll just end it. And that'll be it, but just watch, because I'll need to change the camera on your... Okay. What I'll do, actually, no, what I'll do is I will do that. 
No, I can't do that then, right? Give me two wee quick seconds. Two wee quick seconds. One, yeah. two. Time's up. <laughs> so I do that, up that, I can then turn off the virtual camera that'll do that. Then when I click on this, that'll do that and completely mess everything up. <laughs> Get a little technical <laughs> difficulties, huh? Just a wee bit, like, I thought everything would have ran perfectly fine, but apparently, nah. Apparently, <laughs> Disney want to actually run anything and make everything happy and hunky-dory. So, what I have to try and What's do up, is... We're, we're just in the opening rounds of the podcast, and Chris encountered some technical issues, so... We're adjusting! And then we'll get right into the meat of the show. Or my camera decided to... Oh, there that, it is! That, that. So, that should make that better. And I'll we'll just I'll not be streaming at all ever again. Well, we gotta got figure I've it decided. out. It's my birthday. Have a drink. Well, have a drink. There's a drink. It's a drink on Smokey. So you're drinking oh, the IPA, Smokey. I am drinking uh, Bell's Bright White uh, Belgian Ale. It's a Belgian imported wheat ale. So there you go. There's a drink. Ooh. And the girlfriend bring me pretzels. <gasps> oh, she does love me. She does love me. <laughs> Don't tell nobody she'll, it'll ruin it all. I'm drinking moonshine. <laughs> of course you are. This sounds, Kenobi? This sounds, like, a, Kenobi this sounds like a perfect opportunity to you know get the lawyers off her back. If, <laughs> as a viewer or listener, you are choosing to join us for a drink, make sure you are of legal drinking age for your region. And if it's your birthday, drink responsibly, because I don't want to read a report that you're in the hospital for drinking moonshine, Smokey. Anyway, yeah, I'm drinking Bell's uh, Bright White uh, Belgian Ale today. So, again, as we always do in the podcast, eight or nine bucks for a six-pack, because Docs ain't no cheap beer, bitch. <laughs> so, you were watching the you were watching the football, huh, Chris? Uh, I was, indeed. I was. It yeah. was the... Scottish Cup game. Scottish Cup, huh? Yeah. It was it was a bit of a shite match, if I'm honest. Like, uh, I'm sorry. What was it, like 2-0? Like, no, it literally, Rangers scored three minutes from the end of extra time. <laughs> nice. They were absolutely shite. Like, well, nay, nothing can come for it. They were just absolutely shite. Your midfielders were garbage today, huh? Everybody was garbage. <laughs> Everybody was garbage. <laughs> Like every everything about it was shite. Like uh, I've got nay, just general piss nothing good came for it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty well, much. While Smokey is over there drinking a hundred and thirty proof moonshine, you go I'm blind. You go blind, Smoke. He's up on that. <laughs> no, I'm jealous. Yeah, I always work this week, buddy. I've not been working. You've been playing hooky, you bitch. Mm, yeah, you are. Been... You've been working on podcast shit. By the way, we got a well, not really. <laughs> website. We got a website now, right? Is it live? Um, well, it's not completely published yet. So, talk about a couple it. Of wee bits that I want to add. Let the people know about it. Tell them about the website. Well, I mean, it's a website. It's got to have the. If you go into it, you can see where podcast episodes where you can sit and enjoy yourself 
Uh-huh. And you don't even have to go into Spotify and look at We have it all there. We've got a little section where if you click on it, it'll take you to where else you can listen to the podcast. It has everything scrolling along the bottom if you want to listen on Podtrend or Amazon or Apple or anywhere else that we have it. I'm, I'm just going to ride your coattails, buddy. You're doing all the heavy lifting. <laughs> I, I, I just look good on camera. I'm just going to sit back here while you do all the hard work. <laughs> No man, you show you sent me the proof of the website. I was I was ecstatic, dude. We actually look kind of professional because of you. I'm proud. No, who the fucking thought that we would have done that? I know a bunch of degenerate Twitch streamers and delivery boys. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, kind of looking. The only thing we have to try and pad out is we're, we're streaming partners. We'll need to start. Yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll need to start getting applications in. That's right, applications. <laughs> Get hosted on the on the drunk mm-hmm. tank productions. Feature yeah. those boys. Hey, I got a I got an offer for sponsorship for the channel and for the podcast. Uh, my brother does a a glass art studio, so I need to look at Twitch and see if it's appropriate for that. But yeah, he kind of wants to sponsor the channel and get a shout out on right. uh, on the drunk tank. So once I once I check the TOS and make sure it's all kosher, we'll I'll talk to him about it and see what he wants and what he's thinking. So we'll go from there. That's it's it's good. a local shop here, so it'll just be like a local sponsorship, but still. <clears throat> that's well, cool. it's something to help it. That's yeah, that's he helps, you know, he helps the channel and stuff, so and he, he listens to the podcast on Spotify, so I think it's Spotify. I don't know. I know he listens to the podcast <laughs> So I wouldn't I wouldn't mind helping him out because he helps us out. Who the fuck I'm trying to record and my phone is buzzing in my pocket like a pocket vibrator right now. Shocking, shocking behavior. So unprofessional. We're talking about the professional website that I painstakingly clicked a few buttons for, and you're sitting ruining this. Hey, at least it's on vibrating now, but every two seconds. We might have to put applications up for a host. (laughs) You know what? Kiss my ass, you fucking (laughs) bastard. I'm going to eat this pretzel now, make you wait. Make me wait all you want. Ooh, that's kind of good. Oh, it's a Bavarian baked pretzel. That's good. I like. We'll just that. edit all of this out. <laughs> I got you. Will I won't because I don't cheat the camera like you do. Oh no, YouTube it'll go up. It's just on Spotify. <laughs> I edit out all of this crap because they have a wee bit more. <laughs> <laughs> You're an ass. <laughs> but my week at work, thank you for asking, was pretty decent as well. We've always been talking about your week at work. I got bored and (laughs) it's probably crap again. No, I only had to cuss out one driver this week. (laughs) (laughs) So I consider that a win. (laughs) So how much did you sit down in your job this week? How much did I sit down doing my job? Eh, About 80%. Well, there you go. Actually, we were kind of of busy, apparently. We're going into the summer... We're going into the summer production schedule, so I'm up and moving a lot more than I was a couple weeks ago. It's yeah. not bad. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the weather change, but a lot of the a lot of the drivers have been less fucking cranky, so I haven't had to like cuss them out. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man, Canadian drivers Canadians are not as always nice as they're portrayed to be, goddammit. It's because they've had to drive into America. <laughs> it's probably why not. <laughs> but I've had I've had a couple guys from Ontario that I just had to fucking bust their ass, man. My biggest complaint is like, I'll, they'll come in and they'll sign in and they'll, I'll be like, "Do you know where you're going?" And they're like, "Yeah," and they'll walk out. 
And then two seconds later, they'll turn around and go, where do I go? Do you know how bad I want to get up and slap the living shit out of them? <laughs> I just asked you if you knew where you were going. You said, yeah, I knew you didn't know where you were going. But you didn't have the well, balls. It, go ahead. Are you where he was going? He was, he was going to wind you up. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you fucking asshole. You knew exactly where he was going. And it's the young guys, too. It's always the 20-year-old drivers who are freshly minted that I want to look at and go, shut up, you're stupid, you don't know where you're going, and let me explain it and listen closely. And they always have their fucking eye, eye fucking buds in their ears. It's like, take your fucking earbud out and listen to me, you moron. Oh, but it was a good week, though. <laughs> Funnily enough, on the other side of that argument, we're all sitting there going, I had to deal with this pain in the ass, fucking egotistical security guard that acted as if he owned the place. And it's like, mate, you get I do to own the place. The law can open a gate. Ugh. I am God. You don't get into the gates without me. I am St. Peter and God all in one. Don't think your, your, your gate could stop a 18 wheeler? <laughs> You can't really <laughs> drive right through it if I want to. In fact, actually, we actually broke a gate this week because the gate malfunctioned and went down on the hood of somebody's semi. And the first yep. time in 12 years, they all made a big deal about it. They're like, how did it happen? I'm like, I don't fucking know. You guys, your shit's so janked up. I don't know how your shit works nowadays. He's like, well, it's, it's scuffed the paint job. And I was like, oh, troll. No, not the paint job. Not a you know how minute, much it was, not a minuscule smudge. Do you know how much it would cost? Because you'd have to get the foul thing resprayed. You it wasn't even a dent. Didn't, didn't even leave a mark. It didn't even leave a mark. Know what the insurance says? The insurance can eat my ass, bleached asshole and all. Insurance will <laughs> and take your money with it. <laughs> it ain't my money. It's the corporation I work for. Because it's not my fault. What are you arguing for? It's not my fault. I'm just being an ass. I'm just Let being... us take the money off them then. <laughs> I'm just being contrarian for no reason. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That's my first time having this. Ooh, that's a little sharp. That's a little hoppy up front. That's the most hoppy beer I've had lately. Hoppy up front. Yeah, it's got a little bit of citrus on it. A little bit of uh, lemon, a little bit of orange. It's a, it's their, it's their like summer like beer, the bright white. It's a, it's a Bell's comp, the uh, Bell's Brewery. They make really good beer. Um, it's a little hoppy up front though, which I'm not, I'm not opposed to. It's good, but there's a little lemon and a little orange up, uh, on that, so I like that. That's dope. Right. Does this come up if I do this in your chat? What does what come up in my um. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, you're a VIP, so you can post links. Because Tim is slacking the name. I know, God. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's been yeah, having mafia. He's been ha he's been having a rough go. He's he's dealing with shit. He's trying to find work and shit. So I don't fault yeah. him. I don't fault him. Oh, I would never fault him. He helped me with my computer. So I know Tim is such a sweet guy, isn't he? He can do no wrong. Oh, he can do wrong. He probably does. We just don't know about it. <laughs> oh, did I tell you? Oh, I got to tell the podcast. For those of you that don't follow me on Twitter, the event of the week happened to be... Come here, you. You have to show everybody. Come here. Come up. For those of you that are listening, you won't see this. This is just for the viewer. But this little... Oh, this little shithead right here. 
Hang on. Turn. This little shithead. Oh, this is my girl right here. This is... This is my 55-pound big baby right here. And for those of you that don't follow me on Twitter or don't follow me on Instagram or whatever, she got skunked. She took a whole skunk money shot right to the fucking face. <laughs> she got it bad, dude. Right? We were... I was taking her out. I wrapped up stream two nights ago. I wrapped up stream two nights ago. Took her out to the bathroom and didn't see what was in the backyard. So she goes bolting out the backyard, runs right into this little black furred thing. And my first initial was like, oh shit, it's a baby cat, right? And she's, you know, she's not barking at it, whatever. She just wants to love it and play with it because she's really gentle with all animals. She's not really animal aggressive or food aggressive at all. So she mm -hmm. runs out there. And in a half second, I see the tail flick, and there's a really faint white stripe along the back of the tail. And Docs goes, oh, shit, that's a baby skunk. So I go flying off the back porch to try and get Nick's away from it. And by the time I get about halfway across the backyard, the fucking baby skunk wheels around and just unloads, man. All on her face, on her muzzle, under her neck, right? She just got it. She got the, you know, it, she got the facial of the century. <laughs> so we got her in the house and threw her in a tub and everybody's like, you know, it's so bad. <laughs> but I put on some shorts, jump in the shower with her, clean her up. And I've got this, uh, you're going to learn a little bit more about how pretentious Docs is. Docs don't buy a regular body wash, okay? Docs don't buy cheap beer. Docs don't buy cheap body wash. So I got this. I got this really nice um, body scrub that's like whipped uh, soap and body scrub combined. It's volcanic, volcanic charcoal, lemongrass, and eucalyptus. Right? Yes, I know. I see your face already, Chris. You're like, I'm gonna reserve judgment. I'm gonna wait. <laughs> Yeah, I've just, I've just got to wait and see how this plays out. <laughs> right, so you're in the bathroom, you're washing Nick's with yep. some other women's... It uh, ain't none of it's for men, goddammit! <laughs> it says for men on the fucking pouch. Okay, oh. right, well, you've got a scratch-daft woman <laughs> bottle of soap. So what do you do next? We got her showered off, and for the most part, she doesn't smell really bad. Unless she gets right up in your face. Oh, God. But uh, it was enough to make her bearable. And then the last two, like the last day or two, she's been in the shower. And I took her down to the, the river yesterday and let her roll around in the mud to further get the 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 scent off her. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's did what you like. Did they curl each other's eyebrows or eyelashes? Yeah, we, we, Hit each other's man, nails as man, well? Manny's, Patty's, the whole deal. The right. whole deal, mud mask, all of it. But yeah, it's her first time getting skunked, so she was all like, she came up when it happened. She come wigwamming across the backyard <laughs> with her trying to paw at her face because she couldn't <laughs> see. Like she got blasted full on, and now she doesn't have her collar on, so she feels really bad. But I also noticed that um, the collar we got her apparently is causing some uh, irritation under her chin, so now we got to buy a new collar. So we'll order her oh, a new okay. collar, and uh, once the new collar gets in, she should be 
free of the free of the skunk smell. She's not bad right now. She smells like um. I don't know if you guys had these growing up. Uh, He-Man toys, the the He-Man action figures. Oh, right, okay. There was a there was a villainous character, who was a anthropomorphic bad guy, uh, well from a skunk. His name was Stinkor, and he had like real skunk smell on him as as the toy. She's at that point where she literally smells like the action figure. It's not, it's not like it's not overwhelmingly stinky, but like if you get real close, you can smell her. So, right. Okay. The the the, the high end body scrub that I do did a really good job cleaning her up, and it didn't hurt her eyes or anything. So the other no, the other dog news. Uh, last night on stream, mm-hmm. no, yeah, last night on stream, Bernadette and the youngest, Merc, came down, and we're trying to, they were showing me this story about a, a six-month-old puppy whose owner died, it was a friend of Bernadette's parent, apparently, right. and now the, the puppy's gonna be homeless, and she's like, it needs a forever home, and I'm like, oh, we got a dog already, can we really get another one, and... They were both standing off stream giving me the puppy dog eyes going, but dad, and I'm like, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to see like what the dog stats are and we'll have to see no, how much, true. we'll have to see how much our budget can handle before we take on a puppy right before we move. Cause we just, yeah. got, we just got her certified as an emotional support animal. The paperwork uh, came through. So now she's officially registered as an emotional support animal. No. Um, but for those of you that are listening who don't watch the show, Nyx is a 55-pound uh, rescue pit bull. She's brindle-coated with white and cream on her fur, for those of you that are just listening. She's a big, sweet girl, isn't she? Hi, Chris. Look at him. Look at the camera go. Hey, Chris, you want to smell me, you bastard? Uh, uh I'm I'm good. <laughs> She's a big sweetie, though. But yeah, I don't know if we're going to take the other... Uh, I don't know if we're going to take the other puppy on, but I mean, if he's got nowhere else to go and I'd rather him not go to the shelter, I wouldn't mind fostering him until we move. I don't necessarily want to keep him because he's a male and Nix is a female. I don't know how they're going to mix. I think you might be asking for trouble in that one. No, she's neutered. She's spayed, so I'm not worried about it. But she's been like, she's been queen bitch of the house, so I don't know how that's going to sit. Like, she's great out with mm-hmm. other animals, but I don't know how she would handle another dog coming into her, like, space. Yeah. I don't know. Big yawns, huh, baby? Big yawns, big yawns. But yeah, that's been, my week has been eventful. Dogs getting skunked and getting basically begged to take on another pit bull. That one's like a pit bull mix. I think Nix is, Nix is a mix, too, but I haven't figured out what. My best guess is she's a uh, Stat- American Statford Terrier pit bull and boxer because she sort of got that boxer muzzle to her in the boxer chest. But yeah, so that's been my week. You know, working dogs and skunks and streaming. <laughs> you want down now, or are you gonna stay there for the rest of the show? You just gonna sit there for the rest of the show? I mean, you do get all the views. You and, Chris, you and Chris are the reason people tune into the channel. You know that, right? I guess she's gonna sit. I know. Here. I guess she's gonna sit here for the show. So, um, yeah, let's move on to our major discussion point of the week. 
Seeing as how we've been rambling for like a half hour about nonsense. <laughs> Let me... Do you want me to call this a ramble or you just want to call out the topic? No, uh, just whatever. It's like, topic, right, boom. Alright. We're going to talk about it anyway, so... Right. Uh, well, you know, presentation matter. What? Uh, what? Should I just entitle it All the Small Things? No, I may as well. All the Small Things. True care. True breed. That's what I was going for. <laughs> the Blink-182 track. Yeah. Blink-182 was decent. I'm not afraid to admit it. I kind of liked them. They had some nice stuff. Tom DeLong yeah, I liked them a, back then. Tom DeLong was a decent artist. All the small things. So this you put on the document. And you had like eight or nine questions wrapped into one. So let's talk about it. What do you, what do you mean by all the small things, buddy? Well, the last week and a bit... I had this conversation with him last night in a, a private uh, Discord call after we played Final Fantasy. I was talking about how uh, the last couple of weeks, the like say work and stuff, it's just things have been no bothering me, but mm-hmm. mental health has taken a wee bit of a hit the last right, couple man. of weeks. Um, and I, I kind of thought, do you know what? I don't want to have another episode where we talk about something that just brings the mood down again yeah i thought in order to try and let's keep the fucking positivity going in this i thought you know what i want to talk about i want to find out about like see yourself and other people that the small things that are that help with happiness because for so so long when you talk about happiness people always talk about happiness as if it's like a destination it's like somewhere you go like once you get there you'll be happy once you get this you'll be happy right. and it's like well happiness is the destination it's a mood it's a feeling it's like hunger or tiredness it mm-hmm. comes and goes if you focus that you have to be happy all the time it's like saying that you have to be hungry all the time you have to be tired all the time that's not how happiness works right you go up and down when you hit the dunes, that makes a happy, a bit better times seem better. That's how it works. And in order to do that, you need to be able to find the happiness in the littlest things, mm-hmm. like so, like your guilty pleasures. Like, Ooh, yeah, we can talk straight after that, one of my guilty pleasures is putting on the music that would normally people would judge on, the likes of your Madonna, Kylie Minogue. Those sort of music, which is fucking top tier classics. Yeah, it's classic. And pop. just, and I'll have like I've got playlists on my Spotify and that kind of stuff where I'll put it on headphones in, in my room or in the kitchen all by myself, solo dance party. Nice. That's how I do it, and it's just it's just there's certain songs that just as soon as you hear it, it just lifts your mood. No matter how you're feeling, as soon as you get that song, like uh, Cindy Lauper, girls just want to have fun. As soon as you song. hear that, as soon as you hear that opening bit, you're like, "We're ready to fucking party here." That's it. So, I want to talk about that kind of stuff. Learn a little bit more about the positive side to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know what. Which songs lifts your spirits? Um, what, like I had like like your game. Like what game do you use to de-stress? Yeah. Like just a game that you don't stream, you don't find me everybody else. You don't make a big deal. It's just a game that you know that you can go into and just everything gets switched off and you can just chill out. It's a game that makes you happy. 
those are the things I want to talk about the day and just find out what's happiness yeah, to everybody can, else. Yeah, we could, as I lean under my bar as the dog pushes me back in my chair. Sorry for the visual. Doc's looking like he's a little person today because the dog's like, I'm sitting in your lap, bitch. Um, all the small things. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, this kind of ties in. You mentioned right off the bat your guilty pleasure, Cindy Lauper, Madonna, Kylie Minogue, right? We ended stream kind of talking about how universal is music, right? And yeah. to pick that up, to, to kind of play off of your, uh, your lead-in with music, I've got a few... I get a few guilty pleasure musical selections, but before I jump in, what what to you defines guilty pleasure? Like, because guilty pleasure is, is a is a is a classification that I don't think a lot of people think about. Like, what do you mean by guilty pleasure? Like, what do you what does it mean to you? Guilty pleasure, I just always say me this. It's a societal thing because I personally I don't think there is such a thing as a guilty pleasure. Right, because people do I. like what they like. That's right. it. But at a societal level, I would put it down as doing something that goes against the norm of your being. So a guilty pleasure of a straight male would be listening to Kylie Minogue or Madonna, who on a grander scale is put down as it's female artists or right. it's uh, like... LGBTQ so community. something out of character. Yeah, is a something. Out of, yeah, that's what I would put it down. But again, to reiterate, personally, I don't see anything yeah, as a guilty pleasure. Right. It's just if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Be happy and enjoy it. Yeah. Fuck what anybody else says. So yeah, and that's what I wanted to. Clarify. It's more just the yeah. It's more just the concept of a societal belief system, basically, that they call it a guilty pleasure. So, yeah, no, I agree. I agree that there there really isn't anything that I would consider a guilty pleasure because a guilty pleasure means that you feel guilty for taking an enjoyment of it. Now, that being said, obviously, if you're doing something that's harmful to somebody or somebody else or an animal or a child, that that you shouldn't do. But if Yeah, that if, makes you a prick. Yeah, that makes you a fucking piece of shit human being. But if it's something that's, you know, within legality and that's something... I don't feel you should be ashamed for enjoying it. And to tie into your musical uh, guilty pleasure, I like in sync. I like oh, that. That's a low one. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I well, I don't there's know a... if I can let that one slide. <laughs> there, there's a story behind it. I like I like early in sync and Backstreet Boys. Now I don't I don't listen to them often in rotation. But, like, if they come across my channel, in particular, um, NSYNC's Bye Bye Bye, that song comes on, and I will just, I will vibe to that song, because I worked as a nanny for three young kids for two years, and whenever they would come home from school, they were really young, they were, like, kindergarten, first grade, whenever they would come home before their parents got home, we would throw on like MTV's, uh, what was it? MTV's like countdown show with Carson Daly or whatever. And we would just have like a dance party doing our chores. And InSync and Backstreet Boys dominated that chart. Yeah. So whenever certain songs from InSync or Bye 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 come on, I will just, I will bob my head and just kind of smile and, and like enjoy it because it's tied to a, um, 
<clears throat> a really pleasant memory of just three little kids just laughing and, and joking around and just being free to be silly and not being judged. That's why yeah. I'll listen. Like if they come on, I'll just, I'll be like, yeah, that's a bop. But, uh, without having it being connected to a memory, a guilty pleasure I like is I love female voices in music where like, I listen to a lot of heavy metal industrial, but like a lot of times I will listen to female vocalists, not, not anybody like known a lot of the like copyright free stuff. I will specifically search out like female vocal dubstep or, or female vocal techno because for me, hearing a female voice is very like calming and chilling and it allows me to like just uh zone out and work on whatever project i'm working on so i listen to like a lot of female vocal dubstep as like a guilty pleasure or why are you putting your head on my shoulder (laughs) you're like oh but yeah from from a musical standpoint guilty pleasure yeah in sync backstreet boys and like female vocalists are like a huge sort of guilty pleasure in the realm of music for me yeah and then uh and then on the flip side like i listen to a lot of growly metal that kind of stuff you know she peeked her head up at that she's like oh what was that (laughs) um but yeah i listen to a lot of like growly death metal stuff on the on the complete opposite side so but Yeah. yeah that's musically what what other sort of guilty pleasures like outside the realm like is there more musical guilty pleasures or like uh, or do you got other guilty pleasures in different sort of realms? What what other things make you happy? Well, that's that's the thing. Like for me, guilty pleasures is one thing. I usually only pleasures down to music. It's just it's what you listen to and all that kind of stuff, or like TV and that. Like um, trash TV. One of my mates, he watches that Geordie Shore. Okay. That isn't quite what you would put down as a male-dominant fan base. <laughs> right. So, like, for me, that, like, you would, like, that could be considered as a guilty pleasure. So, I don't really have much things like that because, again, I don't watch a lot of TV and movies. Yeah, and that stuff. So it is, it's mostly music, whereas things that make you happy doesn't necessarily mean it's a guilty pleasure because if it's something that society would deem, like if I go, I like going and hammering nails and spitting, people would go, well, that is their guilty pleasure because that's mm. what men do. And you're like, aye, because that's what men do. I've, I often walk down the street and find a bunch of men standing up next to a planky wood hammering nails and spitting. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's it's more about the, the little things that that make me happy. That is uh, like all week I've been looking forward to jumping on and playing my Final Fantasy with him right. because it's just such a chill time. Mm-hmm. Like as much as you're playing a game and you're doing this and that, like me and Zim can just have conversations. Like, last night after stream, we spent another hour and a half, two hours, and we were talking about, like, the differences between the DMV and the DVLA, and then the differences between how, in the UK, you have to have a standard motor uh, maintenance check that's done every year, mm-hmm. whereas in the, the US, you don't, you have to have an emissions check every or every right. year. But 
the car doesn't have to be in sound quality, whereas in the UK, you have to go to a mechanic, get an MOT, where they make sure that your tyres are legal limit, uh, your brakes are legal limit, your seatbelts work, your windscreen wipers work, and all that. If it doesn't, it fails, and if you don't have one, the police pull you over, and it's a £100 fine on the spot for driving without an MOT. And you can't get insurance or tax without an MOT. Okay. So if you're driving without an MOT, your insurance is null and voided. So if you get in an accident, you're fully to blame. Right. Everything gets put on you because you're driving without an MOT or insurance. We should so, definitely have those over here. Well, that's, that's what Ed Zimmer said. So that was like the kind of conversation we were having last night. And it's just... We had that. We said that as well. I like, just feel as if me and Zim don't really do anything just... The two of us, we never really just chat right. or hang out as us kind of thing. And it was like, it was just nice to be able to just chill out on a stream. We played some Final Fantasy, they made the story, chatted afterwards. And it was because like, Friday night we were supposed to do it and I had a massive migraine. Right. Just I could not get it lifted. So we had to kind of take a rain check and move it. Mm-hmm. But it was it was one of the ones that I felt I was genuinely disappointed that I never got to do it on Friday. Like yeah. I felt bad about it. And so it was like things like that that just I was looking forward to that. I enjoy like another thing that just I enjoy doing and like when you try to describe what it is, people that un- in it don't understand and that's football manager. Ah, uh, that is like a religion. Yeah, I saw you doing that, that the other game. Day. And it's like when you try to explain to people, like, oh, is it like FIFA where you play football, you kick the ball, and you're like, no, no, no. Basically, it's a spreadsheet that you change things on, and then the game replicates the matches for you. Right. And it's like that. It sounds like the most boring fucking thing in the world. But, like, so, like, on uh, Thursday when I was streaming it, it was something as simple as, I was a team that had won, like, back in, like, the early 90s, they won the English Premier League, like, the top right, division, the, top the division. league that everybody in the world goes. You, if you, Unless you're a shite football player, you'll never reach that. Right. So, like, that's what the best of the best play in the Premier League. So, it was, like, after everything that had been happening within football in Europe uh, the last couple of, like, last week or so. Yeah, yeah, but it's done dead in the water, so we don't have to discuss that anymore. No, 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 but, but I, I want to, real quick, what was your thoughts on Super League? It was destroying football. Basically, is- the Super League, like, for anybody that doesn't know what the Super League is, in, the, in Europe, we have different domestic leagues. So you've got mm-hmm. the Scottish League, the English League, the Irish League, the Slovenian, Spanish, Italian, all right. the countries are under a banner called UEFA. It's the European mm-hmm. Football Association. They then, the, the the main football is FIFA. They run the world football. But you have, like, the UEFA, you have the Conseil SAF, you have the right. Oceanic, you had the Asian. Like, that's all the different things. So in Europe, we have your domestic leagues, but we have two European titles. You have the Champions League, which was formerly the European Cup, and right. we have the Europa League that was formerly the UEFA Cup. Right. So basically what it is is... The, the European Cup was that the champions of all the nations of European leagues, so like the top leagues, not just any league, just right. the top league, they would all compete in a European tournament to distinguish who was the best in Europe. Right. So, like, you would have, like, 
basically there was 32 teams that got chosen and it was a knockout stage. So it's like, uh, you might be playing against the Czech champions. Then in the next game, you might I play like against the, the Swedish. So that was what it used to be. So back in like the 50s, when it all started, you had like Man United travel to like Bayern Munich and it was a, a big thing. And then they brought in the UEFA, which was used as a sort of, it was for the, the second place teams of European domestic leagues to give them something else to fight for to mm. try and win a place in the European League. Right. But this was how it was going. It was all fine. You had the Cup Winners Cup as well, where it was like the winners of the Scottish Cup and the FA Cup and the Swedish Cup and the Italian Cup, they could all then perform in this Cup Winners Cup. Uh-huh. So that was all fine and well. It was all running smoothly. And then basically what happened is they reformed the European Cup into this Champions League. Uh-huh. Now, the point, like, now it's in the title of Champions League. It started off as the Champions of the Leagues. Right. Would then compete in the Champions League. Right. But over the last few years, it's slowly developed in. Now you have the qualifying rounds that go into a group stage, and there's eight group stages or groups mm-hmm. with four teams in each. It started off as it was supposed to be the Champions. Now, there's these things in football called uh, coefficients, and it's your progress in Europe gains you points. Oh, it's like a points-based no. system. And if your team, it's like each country has its coefficients. So if Scottish teams get to the final, you get more points in this coefficients. Okay. But depending on how good your league is, is how it works. Yeah, so like, like the schedule. English, so it's like the English, Spain, Italian, uh, French, German, they're all kind of up at the top because they are considered as the top five leagues. They right. have the most because it's normally their teams in the finals. Mm-hmm. So it's that's how it works. But what they've started doing now is, depending on your coefficients, you can get other spots in this tournament, which was fair enough. But what they've now started doing, or now, not now, it's for the last like 15 years, right. is... Depending on your coefficient, does it determine where you place in this tournament? So what happens now is you have your top four English teams. So you have your champions, your second place, third place, and fourth place. They all now get automatic entry into the group stages. Yeah, that's That means you don't even have to win the league to be in the Champions League in England. Yeah, that's bullshit. But... The Scottish champions like Celtic, who have won the European Cup before 1967, right? They have to go through two qualifying rounds in order to get into the group stage. Mm-hmm. And you've got like the big fight they now is the Dutch team Ajax. They made it to the semi-finals two years ago, mm-hmm. and the following season had to go through two qualifying rounds just to get into the tournament again. Now, they won the Dutch Championship, made it to the semi-final of the same competition the year before, but still had to qualify. And it's like, basically, these big teams are getting the major pots because you get $110 for winning the Champions League. Damn! That's what the pot is, but you can make money on wins throughout it. Like, getting to the the, the group stages gains every team $15 God damn. So it's a big thing to get into the Champions League because right. you're playing against these big teams. So basically what happened was these big 12 teams wanted to make more money. Yeah. And they couldn't make more money through the Champions League because in the Champions League, 
you were still getting like your Lithuanian champions that they were playing against Man United. It wasn't mm-hmm. bringing in money. The TV didn't want to put it on. Right. So there was these 12 teams and it was... This is where I started thinking because they called themselves the big six of English football. Uh-huh. Now, one of them hasn't won an English league since 1961. <laughs> Three of them have never won a Champions League or European Cup. Okay. Well, how are they called? But still... It? They just decided. No, fuck they just that. decided no, that no. they were the they were the big six. No, because they make money. So, like, you've got other ones. Like, another team hadn't won the the league since like two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Uh-huh. And it was like people argued, "Oh, well, they won the cup," and you're like, "So did second division Portsmouth three years ago?" <laughs> right? Are they are they a big six now? Right. So it's like. I was my enjoyment of it was the fact that there was two teams claiming to be the big six in English or the big six in European football, and you're like, but you're shite. <laughs> like you, you, you've not won anything. How can you claim to be the big when there's other teams from other nations that have got further than you? Like there's other teams from other nations that have beaten you. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, Super League is a money grab for England's like teams. Well, it was England, the top, it was Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid from Spain, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Juventus from Italy, and then it was Man United, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Tottenham Hotspur from England. They decided they were going to form this league, but it wasn't the clubs, it was the owners, it was the American owners. See the Americans that have the MLS, it's the worst fucking league in the world. The, the, hey, the, the MLS the, um, is not that bad. No, it's not bad for performance, but there's no relegation. There's no promotion. It okay. means nothing. Yeah, There's get, okay. no football integrity in the MLS. It's the same with the NFL. There's no football integrity. You don't get relegated if you're shite. I would disagree with the NFL count. I would disagree with the no, NFL No, but it's count. not the fact that the NFL isn't a good sport. What I'm saying is, as a sport, there's no promotion or relegation. Like, the shittest team in the NFL does they get put down to the minor leagues, and then the champions of the minor leagues get brought up. It's just you have franchises, they just keep playing. They play they eat the same teams every year. Okay, There's no difference. Saying. What the American owners wanted to do was make a league like that in Europe where there was no relegation. So these top 12 teams weren't allowed to be relegated. They always got to ah, stay in it. okay. I get what you mean now. So it was like, what, what's the point then? If you're not playing for anything, it's, it's pointless games. Right. There's no need for it. So these teams wanted to do it because they gathered that if they were playing, if Liverpool played Real Madrid one week, then had to play Man United the next week, then had to play AC Milan the next week. Mm. They could garner more TV money and more sponsorship money from playing in these big games. But the problem with it is is that they wanted to come out of the Champions League and the Europa League. Okay. They said that they weren't going to do that. But the whole thing that came from it is like the Premier League and the La Liga and all that, they all come down and they said you can't do that because, well, you still have our tournament to play in. Yeah, and you yeah. can't drop out our tournaments. And we're not allowing you to go and play in another tournament that's unsanctioned by us, UEFA or FIFA. Because even FIFA were turning around and saying any team that plays in this Super League, their players will not be allowed to play at international level. Well, they will not be allowed to play in any FIFA-organised event. Well, let, let's not go down a FIFA rabbit hole, because that fucking show is a corrupt piece I'll of fucking... 
But, oh, I, no, I agree with them that they, they would ban their players, but FIFA as an organization are some fucking gangster motherfuckers, dude. All right, it's all corrupt. It's all corrupt. Oh, my it's God. FIFA, FIFA but... is a fucking mob, basically. I read an article about the power that is given to FIFA when they host their tournaments. They have their own judges and cops, man. That supersedes the country that's hosting it. That I've never heard that. That oh, seems it, a bit. No, no, no. The, the, I'll, 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 let me find the article. We'll go into that conversation another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I'm not going. FIFA is a different story. All I'm saying is they were wanting to stop this tournament happening, and they ended up it got stopped because all the teams started pulling out. But basically, that stemmed that. I was looking in at Football Manager and there was a team, Blackburn, that had won the league. They've won more leagues than Tottenham, who claimed to be a big six. Right. So I then decided, well, I'm going to start a save with on Football Manager with Blackburn in order to get them up the division. I want to get them back to the top of the English league. And I'd been playing it and then I thought, I'll stream the last bit of it because I had like six games to go. And just playing it, as much as it's a, it, it sounds like a boring game, see when it's something that you love and you get involved in. Mm. I was sweating bricks while fucking playing this game because you're like you you have not a lot of control over it. You just have to pick your team and they go out. You're not in control of the players; they're uh, in control of themselves. You just have to pick them and swap them if you need be. So you run so, the front office and the coaching staff, basically. Pretty much, yeah. That's that's how you run it. So, it gives that extra bit of competitiveness of you might get fucked. Like, the other team might just play better than you and you then have to go and deal with your team being shite. So, yeah. it has a more realistic feel. So, it does pull you in in the imagination. Like, if you go into YouTube or even uh, Twitch and you look up Football Manager for their streams, there's some YouTubers that put that much detail into it like, there's one, I th oh, I can't remember that his name. It always reminds me of you because it's something like Doku or something like that mm -hmm. he's called. And basically, he'll make a save, but he thinks that, like, he'll have, like, there's a thing called a journeyman save in mm -hmm. this game in which you start unemployed, but you load every league. Right. So you might start, your first management team might be in the Indian League. Okay. And the point of it is you work from the bottom to try and get a job at like Real Madrid or Manchester United at the big boys. So it can take you years and seasons to get up this. Mm. So, but what he does is he makes it a full thing where he'll start off and if he picks a team or gets a job at a team, he then does part of the stream where he looks through the letting agencies to try and find himself an apartment. That he can afford on his budget of the payment that the club's given him oh, through the nice. games, and he'll go and do like uh, Google Map views to show everybody what the real stadiums like and this nice. and that. He goes into great detail outside of the game and make it realistic. Okay, so that's it's actually like, clever. Yeah, so people do put a lot of effort into Football Manager to try and show that in your mind. It might, because, like, like, don't get me right, like, see, for, like, years, like, when I was growing up and I was playing, like, I've been playing Football Manager since 2006 when it first came out, or 2005, I think, mm -hmm. it first came out. Before that, there was other championship manager games, 
that then this came out and just kind of took over everything. I can still remember having full-blown conversations with, like, ex-partners or even, like, my mum and my sister and my brother about my, my career in this game. Like, I'd, I'd be sitting talking as if it was really happening. I was really, really struggling. Fucking Joe Bloggs has, has got himself an injury and we're hoping he gets back in time for this fucking semi-final because if he's no back in time, I'm going to have to try and get one of the youngsters up. So it's like you have full conversations like that and you're like... It's a fucking game. <laughs> and I'm saying, but the best thing about it is there's so many stories that come from it. Like, uh-huh. there's like web pages and Reddit and that kind of stuff where it's like, like guys will turn around and say that they had a season or a, a, a save and it was where like Burn United earn Ireland mm. and they live in Ireland. And one of the guys was like, ah, it's like I was sitting in a shop. And somebody came up behind me, and it turned out it was like Reggie O'Donnell, uh-huh. who was a football player for Burn United. Right. And it was, uh, and I turned around and told him to fuck off and left because in my save two days before, he missed that penalty that cost us the final. And I thought, I fucking hate you. <laughs> so the guy had no idea what the fuck was going on. Like, fuck you, yeah, prick. And he scored a penalty. No. So there's things like that, and there's things like play, or people that pit teams. Like there was one, there was an American that had time to it, and he had a save from a team in Italy. It was like a, a Division Four team in Italy. It was a small, small team, and he had spent something like three real life years right on this save. It was in like the year two thousand two hundred and twenty seven in right. the game, and. He had formed such an attachment and bond with this club that he flew all the way over to Italy. And the club put him up. They gave wow. him a tour of the stadium, gave him a... No, it made a whole big thing because he just found this connection with this club. And there's so many stories like that where people are like that. I, I've i got, like, um, that Doku guy that I was saying, he ended up, he... Uh, is one of the main sponsorships for a Scottish team up here called Fort William. Nice! It's like they play in like the, the it's not quite the amateur, but it's like the Highland Leagues. Right. He's now Semi-pro. a full-blown sponsor and does charity streams for them because in the game, he done a save with Fort William and just grew to love them. And then in real life, wants to help them because Fort William for as a team, they don't they don't have the budget and all that kind of stuff. So right. he raises money for them. He helped pay player wages, help bring in maintenance for the stadium and that. So it's like, that's the level of things that happen just because of football manager, which I think is fucking amazing. Yeah, actually, you're, uh, you, this is going to sound really interesting, but football manager is uh, the exact same thing that I like to do with Madden. I grew, yeah. up, I grew up playing Madden, but in Madden 2008, they they really did what they call the franchise mode. They That was the biggest version of the franchise mode where you could design the stadium, name the stadium, set the ticket prices, set the concession prices. Yeah. Then you got to negotiate all the players, do the pre-draft scouting, everything. And then you got to go into the season, but in the franchise mode, you could only play as the coach. You couldn't take control of the, any of the players. So you had to call the plays on the field and then the computer would play it out on the field view. 
like I was watching your stream the other day. I was lurking it, like I said. And in Football Manager, it's just got like a chalkboard view of the game where the the players are. Oh, you can change it. You can oh, change okay. it. I just, I just what the the two D version is. It's less CPU usage. Okay. Whereas you can have like three D where you're in the director's box or you're on oh, the okay. pitch or your corner. Yeah. So there is a lot of things like that. So and I I've, I've played Madden like that for it's the only way I like to play Madden. Like yeah. I will occasionally play Madden and just go in and fucking and talking about a guilty pleasure. I I don't buy Madden anymore because of the uh, fucking business practices of EA Tiburon. But like if Madden is free on like the Game Pass or whatever, I'll play it then. And yeah. I'll, I'll go in and I'll play a season where I just decimate as a quarterback. I just fucking light up the stadium, drop a hundred on a team. But I don't really enjoy Madden that way. I enjoy, and I miss Madden. I wish, I wish there was a franchise mode game that captured what the old Madden could do. Because I literally would spend months working trades, rewriting contracts, scouting rookies, trading on draft yeah. day. Looking at how to how to maximize the stadium revenue from uh, one of the things I did, and everybody's gonna hate me that's listening, is I would jack the price of beer and lower the cost of tickets and food to encourage higher attendance and more food because I was making an ass load off the beer revenue because they're gonna buy beer anyway. It's a game, right? So if it's eight dollars, nine dollars a pint, they're still gonna buy it. <laughs> So that allowed me to run lower sale, uh, higher sales on on uh, memorabilia and ticket prices because I compensated yeah. by the higher beer wages. No game does that anymore, and I would love to find a football, or a, an, an American football manager equivalent. They've got a baseball manager that I thought about picking up. Uh, it's called Op Opics or whatever, or Op Optics, mm. and I thought about picking it up. But baseball, I'm not a big fan. I grew up playing baseball. I played third base, shortstop, catcher, and pitcher, and I was really fucking good. But, I mean, I don't know I don't know if I would get into it as much as I would get into it like an NFL manager kind of thing, or even like yeah. an NHL manager. But I would love to find, like, a, another game that captures that sort of front office experience as, like, Madden did for me back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, I think Football Manager is just such... It's. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a niche market, but I think it's difficult to replicate that in other sports. Like, you do get, like, Rugby Manager and stuff like that. Yeah, I was looking at that. I, I was thinking about picking so, up Rugby Manager. I mean, there is a game called Football Manager of the NFL. Really? It came out last year, I want to say. Hold on. I need a link to that. Um, is it Axis Football Manager or whatever? No, it's literally through like this is so far this is the website that I there. I don't know if that'll do anything for you. Yeah, you're a VIP, so but, it works. Um But there is like apparently there's one called NFL Player Association Manager twenty twenty or NFL head coach. Yeah, I had NFL head coach. It was a great game, but it didn't sell well, so they didn't make a new one. Uh, well, that's fair and, enough. And that yeah. broke me. That broke me. I love <laughs> that game, dude. That was my but, favorite uh, game. Oh, it's on mobile? Uh-oh. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, fuck. I'm ever going to 
I'm not sure where you downloaded it. I was trying to figure that out. But... Google Google playing uh, Apple iStore. Oh, up at the top, aye. Yeah, yeah. See, I thought it was going to be for actual like PC. Oh, I'm sure if it sells well, they'll convert it. But oh yes, yeah. I'll play that shit on my 17-hour shifts at work. <laughs> Fuck that. There you go. Um, but I, it's like it would be nice to see a, a larger market being used of yes. the football manager sort of gameplay, like bringing in other sports would be quite because I know you can get a is it like motorsport manager? Yep. That's came out recently where you take control of an F1 team. You don't actually drive the car. You just, right. you have to hire in your drivers. You have to buy what kind of car, get the maintenance and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, again, it has looked quite good. I would be interested maybe in, in giving it a go. But yeah, like uh, Madden, that's also been a game that I've, like, I've not got this one, this year's one yet. But I did actually see the other day when I was on. I've got the EA Pass mm-hmm. uh, through yeah, my PlayStation. Yeah, it's on there. It's on there for free. So I was like, ah, fuck yes, that's getting downloaded. Right. Because I enjoy the, the, the Madden games as well. It's mostly, I don't play it online. Right? Like, I, I usually yeah, just win I. the season. Yeah. But it's still, like, that's 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 my jam. So I got a question for you. Yeah. I, I know we're kind of hanging out on, like, manager games and because it makes us happy. <laughs> But does Football Manager have a multiplayer where you can have multiple like players? Yep. Dude, maybe, maybe, maybe once a week you and I should do like a Football Manager competition where we have a league between the two of us. Yeah, no, you can do, you can have a, an online career where it's just like you just play out the season as normal. It's just a game, but it's like a turn base where it's like you'll be able to control your bit and then you hit continue and it'll go to match up. Yeah. And then maybe, I'll, maybe I'll you. But you can also, there's also a, something that a lot of streamers have been doing in that for, is there's a draft version uh-huh. where you create your team, then you have to draft in your own players. You got a certain budget and you have to pick your maybe, players. Ooh, and then good. you do like a short season amongst the players or the teams <laughs> that you've got in that. That might be interesting because I played I played football growing up. I played defenseman and goalie, right? And people hated me as a defenseman because <laughs> I would I would always come up and challenge so much so that one one dude got angry and kicked the ball at my head. I was I was I came off and I defensed and I took I took a ball off the shin. I was midair, came off my inner shin, and when I landed, by the time I had landed. He kicked it again at my head, and I had to, like, matrix my ass like this so the ball didn't take my head off. And when I did that, I popped back up. I was like, you're a bitch. He's like, you're always in the way. I can't fucking get a shot. And I'm like, that's my job, asshole. But, yeah, I love I was going to say, like, that, that just hurts me when you hear stories like that because you're like, my God, America. Still, just fucking, you can't agree because the defenders are doing their fucking job. Yeah, right. No, I'm don't get to kick the ball. I fuck off your sight. Don't play the game then. Yeah, but oh, dude, yeah, we should totally like do a like a football manager thing where we draft. Yeah. We do like a draft league. Do like a. I'd go for that. Do like a, a like a Sunday night, like w- like we're hanging out. We'll just like we'll do the podcast and then we'll do like Sunday night football. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. Sounds good to me. Yeah, we'll look. At, we'll we'll talk about it more. It seems like it could be a fun thing. Well, we'd have yeah, to. No, we'll we'd have to draft we'll our own players. Like we'll have to draft our own mm-hmm. players because you know all the. You know who's all good, so we'll have to like draft them up. 
No, we can do that. Like, because it is, it's a kind of like it, the draft is. It's like I get to pick one, you get to pick yeah. one, but you do get like scouts and stuff. So okay. like the game does help you in that instance. Like it will kind of go, oh, these are your best players. These are the ones that are valued at the most. You just have to make it fit your 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 formation and your budget. That's really what you have to do in that section. Yeah. I, w- I would love but, to, I would love to do something like that because I love doing front office shit like that. That yeah, would be no. fun. That'd be a fun time to do. No, I'd be up for that. We'll yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll we'll plan out the logistics. <laughs> yeah. So what other what other like small things? Because we talked about video games, we talked about music. What about food? Food's a really big one for me. Like, do you have like a, a is is food one of those things that? that make you happy like i'm not an emotional eater unless i get really angry but like i do enjoy food like it does make me happy it's one of those ones that i do enjoy food again i'm not necessarily a, an emotional eater i'm a boredom eater see if i don't do anything i'll I, i'll just sit and eat right like that's how i've got into this is because i spent a few months away from what like um from 2016 to about 2019 i was fucking I'd got my fucking weight under control. I was a fucking tank. And in the last two years, mental health has played a big fucking issue in my life where I just boredom it. And mm. I've I've not been going to the gym. I've been going out. I just completely fucked all the progress that I'd done. I'm try I'm starting to get back into it. I'm starting to do like my preps and trying to get out walking. And then I'm because it does the help that all the gyms in that shut for the pandemic over here, yeah. So we've not been able, to, but they all open up literally tomorrow. I think they open up. So I'm looking to try and start getting back at the swing it because it's just um the reason why I done it was because in 2016 it was I got a picture of a wedding I was at and I looked at it and I went I literally take up the space of two of my sisters yeah. and I have one sister. <laughs> yeah, I literally took up the space that that, <laughs> and it just it disgusted me. I go, how the fuck have I let myself get to this? Right, and I went, you know what? I need to sort this. And literally, I went from I think I was sitting at about one hundred and twenty six kilograms. Ooh, yeah, and that's a little bit that's over a little the like over. Uh, I think it was December twenty eighteen. My ma- my lowest weight, I was sitting at eighty eight kilograms. Nice, congrats! I completely find me so all you doing, were like and I go sixty, right? One hundred sixty, one hundred seventy five. If eighty eight is because a kilo is two point two pounds, so you were about one hundred and seventy five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The pounds I don't really go with. It's usually it's either stone or. Well, yeah, uh, I, I was translating for you know yeah. us fucking idiots. <laughs> Thank over you. Here. I appreciate it <laughs> for um, us idiots over here. Yeah. So yeah, I'd like I'd managed to get myself right down, and over the last like again since the end of twenty eighteen, uh, things had happened at the end yep. of twenty eighteen that kind of fucked me up, and just with like, the pandemic in that last year and this and stuff as well, it's just mental health has just hit me hard, and I just stopped, and I think I'm back up at something like a hundred and twelve, hundred thirteen kilogram again. And I know it's it's just like I I know it's just in my head that I need to sort mentally and just start getting but but it's that kind of way it kind of fun me again a couple of weeks ago it made me start it's because I went to put on a pair of socks and I was out of breath 
she just bending yeah. over. Yeah, I felt out of breath, and that's where I kind of went. I'm, I'm, I need to fix this. This yeah, is just no. So it was like food wise, I wouldn't say there's anything that I go out my way to really have. Like again, there's there's it's food wise. I'm more of a it's not a craver. I don't crave constantly, but it's like I'll go in moods for things. Yeah. And that's what they'll then instill that happiness. Like yesterday, I just had this. All I wanted was a grilled cheese. Yeah, you posted and that on Twitter. I went and got it, and I think made it, and it made me happy. I just right. had a grilled cheese. That's what I wanted. Normally, eat food is just fuel for me. In most cases, it's just it's a way of keeping my, my body going, and that's it. Uh, but I mean, there is stuff that I enjoy, and there is stuff that. When I get, like, one thing that I just love, and I don't do it all a lot because it's, it's not the best thing, is a bourbon biscuit. Yeah. It's just it's just that wee chocolatey biscuit, and I love... And it's the same, like, there's other wee things with, like, a chocolate digestive biscuit here. Right. It's not so much the flavour that makes me happy, mm-hmm. it's the texture. Ah, because okay. the way I do it is I break it in half, and you, you make it like a sandwich. Uh-huh. And then I eat it with my front teeth, and really? it see the texture of okay. the biscuit. It just there's just something about it that makes me enjoy it more. It's just the texture and the way I eat it. It's the same with like Maltesers. I can't eat Maltesers unless it's in twos. Okay, that's fair. And again, I can only eat Maltesers with my front teeth Why because your it's front just. Teeth? I think it's just the feeling. Okay. It's just the feeling and the textures, just that's what I enjoy. Whereas, like, I was talking to my, my mate about it, and he said that he eats the chocolate off the Malteser first. Okay. Then eats the Malteser. <laughs> All right. But, like, that's just, like, but there's just, like, there's, it's amazing how many, like, you can talk about one food, and there's four million wise people eat it. Like Oreo To cookies. enjoy it. Like Oreo like, cookies. I, like, See, I, I I wouldn't get into the Oreo cookie thing because I'm a bit of a. <laughs> uh oh! Here we go! Here we go! I'm I'm just a biter. Like I just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> what? No! Oh uh, no! That's like, a cardinal sin. You gotta that. dunk yeah, yeah. that shit. You gotta soak it. See, that's the thing. Like you've got people that will like twist it, lick it, dunk it, and eat it. Like that nah. was what the advert always thing nah, was. Like, or you've got. Like, one of my mates, he'll open it up and then he'll scrape out the cream and eat the cream. No! <laughs> and then he dips in the biscuit into milk or anything like that. Whereas I'm just a... Uh... Oh. No. No, <laughs> see, see, when it comes to Oreos, I'm a marinator. I'll take one out, I'll dunk it in a cup, and it's precise. It's got to be precise. 12 second count. Any more or any less, it's either too hard or too soft. 12 seconds. And not like one one thousand, just one, two, just a nice smooth twelve second <laughs> marination, or only half the cookie at a time, because you don't want to be greedy. You want to make it last. You want to draw it out. Anything else? <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong, and I'll fight you for it. <laughs> See, I'm just um for Oreos. I'm merry. Okay, the only thing ones that I day eat, I wouldn't even say normal. But see the ones that are coated in like white chocolate or something yeah. like that. I think it's they're called enrobed. Yep. I think. Enrobed, it's like Oreo enrobed. Or whatever. They ones, I'll eat them in like 
two or three bites. Uh-huh. But again, it's still just a dry out the right. packet. Mm-hmm. Boom. And normal it. Oreos, it's like, I wonder if I can fit this whole thing in my mouth. Oh, look, I can. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's funny because um, we had a debate. Before I met you, a bunch of my friends and I had a, a debate where we talked about um, what is the best Oreo. I am of the camp that original Oreo is the only Oreo should be eaten. Now, those heathen motherfuckers upstairs tried to tell me that double stuff is the Oreo. It's original, goddammit. You double stuff bastards are too much excess. Too much. Too much cream. Too much cream. See, original the only. Thing, the double stuffed make me feel sick because I feel as if there's too much of the cream. I agree. Right? I agree. The original, I think's boring as shit. No, we can't be friends. The ones that I think are the best ones are the, the mega ones. You know, fuck you and your mega stuff. Either the no, it's not the mega stuff. It's just the mint. Oh, mint. mint okay, yeah. It's either the mint or the strawberry cheesecake. No, original all day long. You're wrong. I'm telling you right now. Mm. You're wrong. Original. <laughs> Zim, I see you in chat. It's original or nothing. Y'all are a bunch of heathen bastards who just. Why don't you just do all the drugs and just have no control? Original is best. <laughs> but yeah, to, to, to talk about the food side, I think I'm the opposite of you. I'm not an emotional eater, but I do chase, like, food indulgences. Like, I spoiled him, by the way. What is? Original porn? <laughs> Fuck both of y'all. <laughs> but I, I, I do chase food indulgences as sort of a, a, a guilty pleasure. Like, I don't... I don't drink a lot. Like, the drunk tank is about as much as I drink during the week. Mm. So, I don't I don't really have an alcohol indulgence. And I don't have, like, uh, like clothing or sneaker indulgence. That, those aren't guilty pleasures of mine. But, like, food food for me is, is a guilty pleasure and an indulgence. Because I will go out of my way to go to a very good restaurant to have a meal at that restaurant. Mm. Um, be, not just because of the food, but because of the experience of the company I'm with. Like I, I told this story on stream and I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but one of the, I'll get to your comment in a minute, Zim. Um, one of the most fun things for me to do when, when I started my relationship with Bernadette was to take her out to food. Because she didn't have the same experiences and opportunities I had with food, right? Her idea of a good fish sandwich was McDonald's, <laughs> right? So one of the things that I really enjoyed doing, especially with Bernadette, is picking out a restaurant we've never been to. Because I've been to lots of restaurants. I I, I spend way too much money on <laughs> going to like going like going to restaurants for the food. So I'll pick, I'll research a restaurant for weeks, and I'll look at the menu and I'll review the chef and everything. And Bernadette, she she don't give a fuck. We're going to a restaurant, right? But then I will have a dish that I want picked out, and then she'll pick a dish out, and then we'll do halvesies, right? And then we'll get appetizers. And I love, I literally almost get like a high. Off of watching her reaction and seeing the emotional experience she has with food. 
And then going, yeah, yeah, because I'll have that memory of not only the amazing food, but her reaction and her experience to the food. So yeah. that that's like a that's that's one of the things that makes me happy. Like I love, I love going out to a restaurant. Well, not just Bernadette with anybody. Like if we go out to a meal together, half of my enjoyment of the meal is your enjoyment or lack thereof of the meal because I want to be on that ride with you. Like Bernadette never had sushi. Really had sushi before we went out, and then we went out to sushi and she was like, eh. But there were some parts of the meal that she really enjoyed, and I mm. got even though I've had sushi countless times i love sushi it was heightened because of her experience as somebody who was in the first time sushi game so zim being the ass that he said in fact the best thing to do is take two double stuffs remove one of the biscuits and put the two halves with the cream together no 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 that's excess that's excessive that's just that's just heathenism right there that's run amok no that's where the world could implode in itself at that point. Exactly. Like, that's 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 quadruple stuffed. That's like that's like a whole other game. The audio company sitting there going, "What's it in?" Like, it's madness. Cats and dogs <laughs> living together. <laughs> but yeah, like food to me, I would say is something that makes me happy, but not from an emotional eating standpoint. Like, if I can go out and enjoy a meal or or try something that I've never had before, that's. That's something yeah. I will go out of my way for. See, that I can think, because I do that similarly, is that I don't necessarily go back to the same restaurants. I like, I think we've talked about this before, where it's like, I'll go to another restaurant and it's more, I'll get the same food. Right, you'll get the same From dish. a different kind of just go, well, uh, the other place done it better. Right. Kind of thing. But I am quite a, I like... Like when I'm out at, when I'm out working and I, I I'll come across a restaurant I'll take a note of it to go when I'm back here that's where I want to go mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of what I do is just because it is it's nice to be able to go out somewhere new and just see what they offer right as as I can see I can see why that would be a pleasure for yourself to give you happiness, mm. especially in seeing the reaction of whoever you're there with. Mm. Uh, I think it's one of the ones that I've never really, like, I've not really put that much thought into it. But when hearing about it, I can kind of go, well, yeah, no, I can understand why that is a thing. But, but yeah, with food, it is, it's, for me, it's just, it's just a way of fueling my body. There is things that I enjoy. There's things that if I do eat, I do get that little taste of happiness where I go, oh, I've really, I've missed having this. Right. But, yeah, it's just, food for me is just a thing. Yeah. Which is funny, the fact that I studied it for 10 years. (laughs) Yeah, you mentioned, yeah, you're basically a culinary, like, trained person where I'm like a backyard, I'm like the backyard mechanic where you're actually a legit chef. Yeah, because that was what I was talking about. Is that I was I was saying it'll be quite funny. Like, see when we're talking about then the cooking stream. Mm-hmm. As yeah. I, part of me was like, I, as much as it's supposed to just be a little bit of fun. So like, there's part of me that wanted to go and <laughs> uh, when I'm setting up, I'll go, I'll get up the loft and I'll pull out my whole professional knife set and I'll put on my 
my old chef uniform and the hat. I'll get my sister to come in and be like, yeah, chef, yeah, chef. And nice. just be the sous chef for a lot of things, just for the shits and giggles. And I thought, and I'm nah, just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let my kids, hey, give me that, that, you know, the, the, <laughs> the shit I shake on the meat, goddammit, bring it over here. <laughs> So, but yeah, yeah like, I agree, and, and that's one of the things I'm actually looking forward to. Whether I get over there first or you get over here first, is going out to a couple of restaurants and just hanging with you and seeing your reaction and your thoughts on on what it yeah. is. Because we talk about you and I talk about food a lot because I cook for my family, you cook for your family. You're you're culinarily trained, and I'm just sort of like a backyard mechanic. Chef. Yeah, even though I did some catering, you know, for a couple functions, I'm not like classically trained in any way i just grew up cooking with family and, yeah and shit like that so i do enjoy food as as a, a pleasure but another another thing i was looking at your document and there is something that i enjoy that a lot of people i don't know if they would enjoy it tattoos tattooing is something that i really really enjoy like i love sitting in a tattoo chair like the mm. the needle, the buzzing, the smell of the the cleanser and the blood, and talking to the artist. Like my my half sleeve that I'm kind of leaning into, so people can see on stream, <laughs> took about 15 hours to do, and it's all freehand. It's all custom. It incorporates my first tattoo actually, which is the kind of the blue and red like modified tree of life design. The artist who did my sleeve was able to rework that and incorporate it. And I love tattooing. Getting tattooed makes me happy. Like, I don't yeah. do piercings, but, dude, I love being tattooed. And I have the next five tattoos picked out. But the thing is, is I told Bernadette, because Bernadette loves tattooing, too. And I'm like, I don't want to get tattooed again until you have a chance to get tattooed. Because she, she bought me the sleeve. Like... For two years, birthday and anniversary gifts were just her giving me money to get my tattoo. Yeah. And I I love I love tattoos. Like they're they are like such a such a guilt I'm gonna get this one redone. This one's gonna get added on. And then I got yeah. my forearms tattooed and then I got one in the the upper part of my back between my up above my shoulder blades but below my neck. I love tattooing. I love studying the art of tattooing. I love looking at portfolios and, and dissecting the line work and spending hours looking at artists I want to go to because one tattoos are permanent yeah. and I don't want, yeah, tats are great. If women have them and multiplies their sexiness, I agree Zim. If a woman's got a, oh, if she got that, if she's got a banger piece of art, oh, let's go. Let's go. But here's the thing. I'm not I'm not a tattoo guy for me personally. I don't like tattoos everywhere. Like I only like certain sections tattooed. Like my arms, like I have a half sleeve on my left shoulder and then I'm going to have a half sleeve on my right shoulder or cuz it can be down to my elbow cuz it yeah. can be covered up for work. And then I I want my shoulder blades tattooed. And I'm going to, the only tattoos that'll be visible is I'm thinking about getting my wrist tattooed because Nyx, whenever she comes and jumps up or comes by me, she puts her paws right here and she just stands there and will lean into me and hug me with her paws sitting on my, on my, on my wrists. Yeah. So I want to get a tattoo of her paw print 
with some sort of like abstract design around it. And I probably want to get about from my to where my wrist flexes to like here just before my yeah. forearm. So like my wrist area tattooed with like Nix's paws and some uh, abstract shadowing and design work. Because I think that would be a tattoo. Now, I feel kind of guilty that like I don't want to get tattoos of my kids on me. Cause I don't like I don't like portraits. I like I like abstract. What I might do is I might take a symbol or something that the kids are interested in and work that into a tattoo somewhere. But I don't want to get that. Like... That was where I'd find me because I've got the one tattoo. I've got that one, right? Which I go over in Holland. Um, again, tattoos is one of the ones I can. As it's as soon as you get that first one, you, that's it. Yep. You're hooked on it. Oh fuck that's yeah, that's it. I've got a whole bunch of ideas that I want done. Like, I've got, like, me and my sister are going to get, there's these little cartoon dinosaurs, because okay. me and dinosaurs, so I'm going to get mine there, mm-hmm. just over that part, and right. she's going to get one there as well. Um, I wanted to get on my, that part of my arm. Oh, the, I'm gonna the, get underarm? the, the underarm? Yeah. Or the, or the blade um, of the forearm? No, like underarm. Yeah, so the, the meat bit. of the forearm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get the solar system, but it's like, a, like I'll send you pictures later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll post them on Twitter too. Yeah, because it's like, it's a place over in Poland that I want to get that one done because the artist is just fucking amazing yeah. with her work. Um, but again, I was similar to, I don't want, I don't really want like names or anything like that on me. And I was trying to think, like, I'd like to have, like, my family and right. and stuff like that. But what I discovered and decided I wanted to do was I'm going to get a kind of half sleeve on that shoulder. Yeah. But what I've done is to make it less that, that it's really names in that, but it's a, is I basically went to each of my members of family and went, what's your favourite woodland animal? Nice. That's because a great what I'm going to do is I'm going to get all the woodland animals that they go in a sort of woodland background, so that to me and them it's tattoos of their animals that's for them, but to anybody else it's just animals. Kind of the only thing is, is we originally it was going to be your favourite animal, and I had to then pick it because it was like for me my favourite animal is a panda, my brother's is a penguin. Right. My my mum's was like a fucking lion or something like that, and my right. dad's was like a fish. As like, I fish. really can't incorporate a, a panda, a penguin, a fish, and a lion into one fucking tattoo without people going, "Fuck is that shit? That's a it's weird a zoo, goddammit. <laughs> so we went with a kind of woodland thing. It's like so Madagascar. Have, like, exactly. Zoom's yeah. like it's Madagascar. <laughs> well, I mean, I but I. I wouldn't want to keep on going, no, I don't like the movie Madagascar that much. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not bad. The, peng- the penguins are the show, let's be real. Madagascar would be nothing without the penguins. Oh, definitely. Like They make the movie the movie. They do. <laughs> um, but yeah, tattoos, man, they are such a guilty pleasure for me. Because I I, I, I want more, but like I, like I told Bernadette, I don't want to get tattooed so she can because... I know how much she loves tattoo too. Yeah, I know they made I know they made the spin-off to the penguins. But that's one of the things is I want to get Nix's paws tattooed on me. 
And then I I want to get something for the kids, but I don't want like their names or their hands. So I got to figure out something that represents them, but like isn't so like specific that it doesn't make sense, you know? Like your woodland creature thing, I really like. I want to find something similar to that to represent yeah. the the kids that we had together. Because I mean, at this point, they're no getting rid of the bastards. I mean, <laughs> I can't like be like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, you're paying <laughs> stuff with them. Though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, if I'm gonna get a, a family tattoo, I'd, I'd much rather pick something that represents everybody. But I I did tell Bernadette I'm not going to get anything that represents you because I I. I'm a little superstitious where if you tattoo like a significant other on you, that's just, that's, that's inviting the universe to go, oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, let's fuck with you. <laughs> and, and she's the same way. She's like, I won't, I won't tattoo you on my body, but like the kids and stuff I'm okay with, but I, I got to find something that, that fits, that, that works thematically. That isn't so like specifically a kid. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, <clears throat> and, I get it. Like, I love, I love looking at tattoos. All my, and to let my nerd flag fly even more, all my characters in RPGs are all like tatted up. I always like, I, when I'm making a character, I will literally spend hours picking out tattoos and sending them to who's running the game and be like, here's a tattoo. And they'll never, it'll never come up that the character's tattooed in game. Right? Yeah. But for me, I gotta, I gotta have the tattoos. Like I, I have to have the tattoos. <laughs> but yeah tattoos are a big one for me and, but I'm the opposite I don't like piercings I'm not a piercings guy but you like most people are like oh I love tattoos and piercings I can't stand piercings no -uh, I don't want them don't mm -hmm. need them I like them on women and, and men men look good with them too because I'm an I'm an equal opportunity people I, like, <laughs> I'm like damn you know even though I'm like straight as an arrow I can be like Dude, that dude's fucking hot. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, you. So that's the thing. Like, you can, you can appreciate beauty and yep. anything. Yeah. Like, so, I, that's the way I'm thinking. Like, I know fine well. Like, like people always like, like when I say, it, I always say me this joke, and it's, it's know that it's a joke, but I always say me like things like, oh, Tom Cruise, he's that beautiful. If he offered, I, I yes. Straight away. Same with Ryan Reynolds. If he wants to bend me of that barrel, I'll fucking bring the loop. So, so two, so two people on your fantasy five are Tom Cruise and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, the male fantasy five. Yeah, the male okay. fantasy. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you two of my male fantasy five: George St. Pierre. Oh, I love me that Canadian MMA. Oh, I will. <laughs> he can choke me out any day. All right, George St. Pierre. And Jason Statham. Oh, I love me a rough, rough-looking dude. So oh. you like the baldies? Oh. Is that what you're saying? No, it's just something about their face <laughs> and their bodies. I'm like, oh, ooh. I love a good, like, I love a good, like, male physique. Like, if a dude is fit, I'm like, mm. if I was gay, it'd be on. <laughs> I don't even have to be again it would be on <laughs> I don't, that's what I'm saying but like on the opposite side my uh my female fantasy five I like a lot of uh I like a lot of athletes for my female fantasy five like there was a mm. uh, a crossfit chick I can't remember the name but she's just she's built but not overly built she's tan she's got long kind of dark reddish hair killer eyes and I'm like ooh those thighs let's go <laughs> 
And then, of course, <laughs> of course, ScarJo, Scarlett Johansson's got to be on the Fantasy Five. Like, come on. Who does? But she's got to be a redhead. I don't like her as a blonde. Her as Natasha Romanov? Oh, all day. I'll fight you for it. But, yeah. She walked <laughs> in the room, Bernadette, and I'd be boxing over who gets to go first. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a guilty pleasure. Making Fantasy Five lists. Those are fun. I like that. <laughs> A little bit more of it than I, I initially intended to. Hey, damn it, we're going to be together for a long time. You need to know all the dirty laundry. Nobody says dirty laundry. I just feel as if you're kind of opening up your options that if I happen to pass by Jason Statham in the street, oh, you, you need to phone this guy. I, I mean, up, I, I mean. If he did, I'd be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Can we spar for a little bit? I like it when you're sweaty. <laughs> Uh, I can just picture it. Oh, no, my clothes have all fell off. <laughs> Damn, how God. dare this shirt came off like that. Anyway, moving swiftly on. You had one You had one on the, on the document. Where is it? Um, what You said, uh, what special place in life takes away your stresses? So, location, location, location. What, what, what location? For you, is sort of like your your happy place. See, to be honest, there's a couple of places that I would say it's one of the ones. It's, it's a it's, it's a I wouldn't say it's a difficult topic, but it's one of the ones that when I wrote it, it was just a case of what's your best place. But then when I thought more about it, it was like, it is similar to like what you were talking about, like uh, the food. Whereas that there's certain restaurants that you go to, certain foods that spark. A kind of memory, and it's like for me, one of the like one of my favorite places is Czech Republic. Like that was through the bikes, like Hariche, just with the certain the, the people and the bikes and just the atmosphere. Like that is, I would happily be there all the time in that situation. That would be my favorite. But with likes of places. Recently, when I went up to Glen Elk, up North Scotland, mm-hmm. where I was like, see where I put up, uh, I sent you the photos of your hoodie. Yeah, I, gotta, I still like got to tweet those out. I've been lazy. <laughs> but the end location of that drive is just, it's one of the places where I still kind of get it out of my mind. Just, right. It's just so peaceful and gorgeous and just perfect. But a similar place to that is in Finland, near Amatra, which is on the border of Russia. Okay. Again, it's more a memory that it's famous for. So we were over in Amatra for a, a race weekend, and we'd hired a car, and me and my mate decided to go a drive to go and get food in that. Uh-huh. But when we were driving back, Amatra's on, the race is on like a lake. Uh-huh. And we were driving along the, the side of the lake and we decided, you know what, um, we'll stop because there's a band that, if if you don't know them, fucking check them out. They're called the Warren Drugs. They're know, just, it's, they're, they are just, like, their music is just so, it's one of the, one of the bands that you can listen to their music and see if you just shut your eyes and listen. It's like a journey it takes you on, mm-hmm. on yourself. It is, they like listen to the music and the lyrics. It's just it just seems to transport you somewhere. So, it's and, sonically transportive. Yeah, and we basically stopped at the lake, turned up the music, and just sat out in the sun, 
and just listen to nature basically with mm. this music going on. And for me, that's always got to be one of my favourite places on earth. It's just that moment sitting there, just almost without a care in the world. It was just experiencing that that moment. And it's the same with like, like one of my favourite happy places is the Dockyard Hotel in Sweden, Gothenburg. Because the beds are the fucking greatest beds. Yeah, beds. you love those. You love those beds. <laughs> I fucking love that place. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back so much. Once this pandemic's done, I'm going to fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've been in a, a situation where, like, I can, I can relate to the nature thing of just being somewhere and just letting the... Letting the moment take over, and for me, there's there's a couple places. Um, one one from my childhood I really really liked is I grew up in the land of cheese and beer, Wisconsin, but my family comes from Upper Michigan, like the UP, the Upper Peninsula, the Upers, mm-hmm. right? There's a place in Upper Michigan called Fayette Ghost Town, and it's this old 1800s iron ore work town right mm-hmm. and it, it's like a touristy attraction now but like back in the day growing up as a kid like you only really knew about it if you lived up there like people who lived up there knew about it now yeah. people come from you know all over to see it because it's like it's really beautiful they've got like they've recreated some of the buildings and they left some of the skeletons of the other buildings and it's got like this old school iron ore dock to it and there's these wonderful cliffs but like it when you go down the hill to Fayette because it's 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 sort of in this like gully it sort of sits in this gully down by the lake Mm. you go down this set of stairs and it opens up It, it just opens up and it's like just acres of land but the way it's laid out you got buildings and walkways and then you got the lake right there with the dock and the cliffs and I could just walk around and hang out in that, in that town. Cause you can, you're not supposed to, but as a kid, we climbed up in the skeletons of the building and just hung out like on the, on the roofs and in the eaves and and stuff. And just, we just sat up there and just bullshitted and hung out and watched the lake water. And you know, you got like foxes and shit that run through the property and, I took Bernadette up there a couple of years ago and like, that's all she, she wanted to stay there the whole trip. But I'm like, we got more shit to see woman. We, we, she's like, no, I'm like, it's woman. We got to go. <laughs> like, but it was, it's so amazing to be up in there. And it, it's one of my favorite places. I, I remember as a kid and I really enjoyed taking Bernadette there. But like, for me, my, any place that my happy place is anywhere, anywhere I can get in water like a lake, a river, like if I can just yeah. go swim, snorkel, scuba, you will not and and my my kid Sammy who who recently and I I don't want to air out all of their stuff, but they said that they wanted to be treated as, you know, neither male nor female, so we're trying to make the adjustment to they them. Uh Sammy is very much like all I want to do is be in water, dad. They're a lot like me, where, like, we could go to the lake 
and spend 12 hours in the water. Like, we'll come out to pee and eat, and then it's right back in the water. Because there's something about being able to float or go beneath the waves and just, because I can stay underwater for about a minute, minute 20 if I stretch it. If I'm swimming, I can do about 30, 45 seconds at a, at a clip. Yeah. And just being able to immerse myself in an entirely alien world and be, and just be, just exist with no technology, no phone, no clock, no, no nothing. And just mm. become part of another world. There's something about that, that one makes me happier than I can be. And two scared as shit. Because I'm one of those things, I'm one of those people that has an overactive imagination. And if I get out where the bottom sort of falls away, <laughs> I'm all at once excited and terrified that what what's what's <laughs> below me. And yeah. I, I love that feeling and I also loathe that feeling. And that's what makes that's why I love the water so much because I'm a part of an, an to, to be cliched in Disney, I'm part of that world, you know? I I, 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 I lose I lose all trappings of being docks on land, and I'm just another entity in the water. And yeah. there's something about that that just makes me all... I just... I can de-stress. It, it's amazing that I can just, like, not focus on it. Which, which kind of... Which, which is kind of why I'm so passionate about scuba diving. And yeah. when we get, it must be a salamander, probably. <laughs> um, once we get out to the coast where we're going, I am so terrified, but excitedly terrified of the prospect of scubaing in the ocean. Because that's another realm of, like, I can go to a lake and be like, okay, there's nothing here that I need to worry about. But the minute I get to the coast, and I start scuba diving. We got seals, sea lions, fucking whales, and orcas are out where we are, <laughs> and fucking big fish. Like, the biggest fish I've ever seen in a lake is, like, half my size, right? I'm like, oh, okay, cool, respect. But, like, once I get to the coast, I'm not the big fish in the pond anymore, bro. And I, I'm, That's true. I'm so, I'm so thrilled. At the potential, and I don't know if I'm gonna be too terrified to do it. I'm being honest. I don't know. Like I, I'm gonna be that. I'm gonna be that guy. Like, don't go off the shelf, Nemo. Don't go off the shelf. <laughs> don't go into the dream. Don't go into the deep blue. Don't touch the butt. Exactly. I'm so. I'm so excited because water. The ocean is water on a whole nother level. Like, I've been to the ocean a couple times. I, I took a trip out to see family in California, and we went to the ocean. And we we went out there, and, and I couldn't comprehend it as a kid, why I was so happy. And then we did our research trip to the coast where we were moving and taking Bernadette out there and having her interact with the ocean for the first time and seeing her reaction to just putting her feet in it and just being able to, to be at the ocean was like, thrilling it was the most it was one of the most thrilling experiences i had and to take her out into the ocean and being able to kind of swim. now where we're going it's kind of cold so we'll have to like go on a really nice warm hot day so the ocean yeah. doesn't fucking freeze your nuts off 
But just the just the potential of going into the ocean and being able to dive under the waves is something that I'm like fully, fully, fully waiting for. So I am recording. Get out of here. Or be quiet. Please and thank you. Gonna steal my dog? She was chilling on her pillow. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> but, uh, no, like, that's, that's something that things, it's like, I don't really, like, until you, 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 like, you mentioned that there, it's, it's crazy that you don't realise just how many, like, say, America, just how many people probably haven't been or dealt with the ocean. Yep. Like, because of how landlocked, because it's a similar, like, you think of, like, uh, Switzerland and Austria and stuff like that that's landlocked in mm -hmm. Europe. But, like, for us, I can drive an hour and be at the ocean. Yeah, 30 minutes when I get to my new place, and I can be yeah, at the Yeah, I could drive an hour the other direction and be at the other ocean. I could drive <laughs> at two hours in the other direction, and I'll be at the other side of the country at the ocean. Like, you don't think, like, the amount of times, like, You've seen it yourself, the amount of times I post up a picture on Twitter and water is involved. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just here, it's everywhere. I mean, it is Scotland, but it's... It's just, it's, it's, it's one of the ones, again, that you take for granted right. when it's around so much. Yeah. Like, when you consider, like, you go to Miami or something like that and they're on the beach, they probably don't think that you're going to be sitting somewhere like where you are, where you don't get that. <laughs> Yeah, like here, here in in Wisconsin, we we lakes are everywhere. Like you can drive twenty minutes and be on a lake. Like yeah, where we're headed on the coast, there's not a lot of lakes. There's rivers. That's a big thing I'm finding out. The culture out there is you go down, the, you go swim in the river. <laughs> where I'm like, uh, I grew up in a lake, bro. Like your river ain't shit. But to be you ain't fair, in Wisconsin anymore. Yeah, to to be fair though, when we went out there for our research trip, and my camera's like, "Don't move." Um, when we went out there for our research trip, we did go swimming in a in a in a river, and it was beautiful because it was a river that was a covered bridge was over the top of the river, so you got to swim under the covered bridge and shit. It was it was gorgeous, and I'm like, okay, I see what you mean. I I can't hate on it. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to finding the best rivers to swim in and then going to the ocean. So, yeah, like the water for me is like the ultimate happy place. Travel yeah. in general will, is, is a happy place for me. Like just being on the road, going somewhere oh, new. Oh, for sure. Uh, another really cool happy place for me is I went down to Texas with a buddy of mine. And we went to Paladuro Canyon outside of Amarillo. It's a it's sort of like the last hold up. Um, there's no leeches in the river. Well, not in the river we went to, uh, Deja. Uh, but yeah, we'll avoid that. I'm worried about river leeches and stuff. The river we went to was pretty clean. But yeah, river river leeches will be something we'll have to look out for. <laughs> but Paladero Canyon was supposedly one of the last stands of, like, an Apache, uh, a famous Apache war chief. And, uh, and... Seeing the canyon is a, is is a is a is a primal experience because when you're driving to Paladero, it's all Texas flatland, and then you come around this bend, and without warning, half the earth just drops away, <laughs> gone. 
So for like hours and hours and hours, it's Texas Flatland. And you make this curve around the bend with no warning. And you come around the bend, and the entire earth just drops away. You're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And you literally spend 20 minutes driving down into this canyon. And when you get down to the canyon floor, you look up, and it's just earth. And it's yeah. different layers of earth. So you can see the different the different uh, time periods of the earth. Travel uh, basically that this canyon oh, yes. and just seeing the formations and the nature in the canyon and everything, it's it was it was a surreal experience and like my buddy and I just spent hours hanging out in that canyon and it was it was amazing like so yeah any like being out and traveling is probably my biggest happy place next to water. Yeah, no, I can see that like. There is just something special about the water, like the the sound, of the the be the waves, or just like the the current against like things in the water. It's like there is, there's just something soothing about it. Like I definitely agree. I can see why. I can see why that's a big pull for you to get out there, where you'll be able to be one with that kind of yeah. lifestyle now. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I told the kids, I said, I don't think we're going to be doing a lot of... I don't think I'm going to be carrying a lot of streaming services when we're out there. I think I'm going to cancel everything, probably, but, like, Amazon Prime and maybe, like, HBO because yeah. I want to invest in, like, gym memberships and stuff. But you, there are two questions in your little topic, and we're we're running a little... We've, we've been on here long, and I think it's been a good conversation. But I want to cover these two questions and then we'll roll into the happy ending. What yep. is your favorite game and why? Football manager. Football manager. All the reasons because it allows you to just focus and be in Yeah, it allows you to kind of just escape reality and live in an alternate reality where, like, like this is going to sound so fucking depressing, but I'm good at football manager. Mm-hmm. I'm good at that. Like, I used to do it in real life. I used to be a football coach. Mm-hmm. It's nice doing something I'm good at right. because in a lot of other things, I'm no good at it. And it's just, it's nice to be able to share in something that I can be proud that I'm good at something. Okay. Like, like most other games, I'm not that great. It takes me ages to pick it up and then if I don't play it for three days I forget everything I'm supposed to have learned and I need to pick it all back up again so it's a constant learn unlearn, learn, run, learn and I never get to enjoy the actual game that much mm-hmm. whereas football manager is so simple it's difficult not to get straight into the enjoyment of it mm-hmm. so for me another one would be The Sims which, again, you could put down as a guilty pleasure. But right. The Sims, for me, is, again, you get to go and create an alternative world, an alternative personality that you can just... I think that's one of the reasons why I was... After like talking with you and Zim and Dread and that, I was drawn to the TTRPG world. Mm-hmm. is because, in a way, that is similar of... You can create the character that you want to be in real life. 
in a game yeah. and portray that lifestyle. And again, in that kind of sense, it does sound quite fucking sad and depressing. No, 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 no. I agree 100%. <laughs> it's like, it's nice to be able to get away. And Football Manager on The Sims, for me, does that. It just lets me get away. It lets me, it lets me just focus on another world. Just l- like everything else can just fuck off. Like as I, I as I said to Zim last night, there's been things at work that's just fucked me up the last couple of weeks mm. that I'm having to re- deal with. So this last week and the next possibly two weeks, um, I'm just using it as a kind of I need to get back to. I need to get back to a level of happiness in myself that. Right. Let's me then restart in that because at the moment I'm just I'm no there. At the moment I've got so many other things distracting me for doing the things that I want today that is they making that sort of lifestyle possible now. So there's some things that I'm having to deal with, but again, that was why I went to be. Let's talk about fucking happiness. Yeah, right. No, I, I get you. For me, what about you? I don't necessarily have a favorite game. Is it? Is it Neo? No, God, no. <laughs> that, game, that game's got me Salt City right now. I love that game, but fuck that game. Fuck it with all the rubber dildos, because fuck that game. Oh, my God. It's such a good game. It's so engaging, but fuck that game. <laughs> no, for me, I, I don't... I wouldn't say I have that favorite game that I can go to and I haven't had a favorite game that I can go to for a very long time but there is a game that I recently re-downloaded that I can just sort of zone out and like forget about shit and that's it's Warframe I've seen you play the other so Warframe is for those of you that are listening or, or not in the gaming space Warframe is a free to play multiplayer MMO massively multiplayer online game you are basically a badass alien space ninja and you are running operations and just murdering everything in the most stylish badass way you can and the the really cool thing about the game Digital Extremes has spent a lot of time building out cinematic quests and interesting storylines for you to take part in. So, like, if you're a quest guy like me who feels like you have to push a narrative forward, I love doing the quest lines. But then if I'm, like, pissed off or whatever, I can drop into, like, Fortuna or Eidolon and just unconsciously murder just hostile alien forces with, like, swords and knives and guns and chainsaws and have my dogs run them down and maul them to death. And the whole time I'm just like... Yep, this is life. We're good. But if if I had to pick a game that's my favorite, it, and Warframe is one of those games where I'll play it for six weeks, and then I won't touch it for three, four months. Yeah. And then I'll be like, God damn, life, life's kind of rough. And then I'll just, I'll load up my Tenno, and I'll just murder soldiers <laughs> till my fucking heart's content and be like, I'm good. And then I'll make a new Warframe, and then I'll level up that Warframe, and I'll get new weapons, and I'll level that one up. And and you would think Warframe isn't a game I enjoy because I don't grind. Because when a game hits a point where you have to grind to progress, I, I don't play it anymore. I get yeah. bored. 
But Warframe is one of those games where the grind is at your leisure to be as powerful as you feel you want to be. You don't grind because you have to grind. Like, as you play through the quest lines, you gradually get your ability and, and nothing is... Nothing is too strong where you have to, like, purposely go grind it out. Right? You can complete the missions as you progress through them. There's, like, 30 quest lines now at this point. Yeah. Um, But if you want to be an OP badass with, like, the prime frame decked out with the bling, you choose to go get it. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go murder this motherfucker in the most badass ostentatious grotesquely overpowered way possible and that's 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 the grind like i enjoy that grind because it's it's a chosen grind i don't like games that force you to grind and for the most part i haven't felt like warframe has forced me to grind uh zim says the grind can often be mitigated by its tedium by playing with other yeah that's the other thing too is i like warframe uh, because you can have a squad, and that eliminates part of the grind. And Warframe's not the only game where if you have a squad, you can avoid the grind. I know Final yeah, Fantasy, well, you and Zim were playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Well, that was what I was going to bring up. For somebody that said, oh, I don't like MMOs, I don't play MMOs. I know! And Zim have asked you countless times, I know! you should come and play Final Fantasy with us, because I'm learning the game. Zim knows what he's doing. Let's go. We need a squad. We literally done a, a level yesterday where we couldn't do it because we never had a healer and we had to wait and hope that another person would come along and join our game. So, and then to hear and find out that you're off gallivanting in another <laughs> MMO universe after we've asked you countless times at Hurt Stocks, it hurts deep. It's a deep gun. <laughs> Well, maybe when I get paid, I'll buy the damn game. Well, maybe you should, because you've hurt both our feelings. I don't care about your feelings, goddammit. <laughs> like, but, we spent a good hour just crying about how you're playing Warframe without us. Wait a damn minute. How does your piece of shit run Final Fantasy XIV? Ah, <laughs> dread, dread shots yeah, fired. PlayStation 5. Oh, he plays the on PS5, PS5. crossplay. <laughs> well, there's your answer, Dread. His PC don't run it. His PS5 does. You elitist piece of shit with your PS5. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I would say Warframe fits the bill of sort of like my favorite chill out game. Yeah, because I can just I can just turn on some really loud, angry music. Because <laughs> even the in-game music for Warframe is really good. But if I'm like in a bad mood. I'll just crank some nasty fucking dark techno and just murder everything in sight. Like Anakin just saying people. You'd said something funny. You said how Warframe, you'll play it for six weeks, that you don't play it for three, four months. Funnily enough, my relationship with The Sims 4 is similar. I'll literally play non-stop, 18 hours a day for nine, ten weeks in The Sims 4 constantly, and then I'll no-touch it for six months to a year. Can't do it. And then I'll just have that little... Yeah, and then you'll get that little craving. You'll go, do you know what? I'm going to jump on Sims. And then you're like, ah, fuck, that's my life done for 10 weeks. And that's it. Nothing else exists until I've got to the point where... Like, I had a whole thing... um, Not exactly if you join us, because I'm a badass fucking bitch, by the way. 
Oh, really? I'm fucking you amazing. You a goblin genocide and motherfucker. That's what you are. Yeah, well, they deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, they all deserve it. I feel like the, 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 my thing with The Sims is like my kids play it a lot. I can't. I already got kids that don't listen to me. I don't mean other ones. <laughs> That's why you get the cheats where they listen to you. <laughs> I don't. I don't need a life simulator. I got enough life. I'm fed up. What? See, my problem with The Sims is I did go into deep. Like, um, like I had a whole thing. It was with uh, Titan. Mm-hmm. Like this was a good few months ago when I was I, I was in my little moment of thing. I literally spent seventy four pound oh, on no. three expansion packs. Because I wanted a specific rain jacket for my child. <laughs> what? <laughs> that That's the level of fucked in the heat I can get when it comes to the sim, is that I'll go and spend a shit ton of money because I go, but my daughter will look cute. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be funny. The funny thing is, is in game, it lasts like four days, then they grow up anyway. And you're like, so it's like, <laughs> gotta make another one. Honey! Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. I think I've spent like I, I basically have almost all the expansion packs, which work out like almost a grand worth of a Sims game. Oh, you're because a, you're a Sims went, whale. You're a Sims whale. That's it. It's as was. So it's, it's, of, it's just the life. <laughs> speaking of the Sims, have you seen the game called Paralives? I don't think so. I will Google right now. Yeah, it's it's by people who used to develop The Sims but got fed up with EA's bullshit. So they're making their own sort of Sims game called Paralives. P-A-R-A-L-I-V-S, yeah. Paralives. My my uh my kid Sammy and my my daughter Merc are really excited for that because they're doing a lot of the things that people who have played Sims for years want, but Sims refuse to do or can't do. And I'll admit, yeah. it looks really good. Like, I was like, well, maybe. But my whole thing was like, I'll build the house, but I don't want to manage the people in it. <laughs> See, that's the funniest thing, is you can, like, you could, if, you, if you're good at that, you could easily make a YouTube kid on that. You go into YouTube, and there's literally YouTubers that their whole thing is just building houses. Yeah. And then, like all the like the interior design, then the the garden working on, and that's yeah. it. You upload it to the community. House. I would make my man house be like, it's got to be stainless steel in the kitchen. God damn it, let's go! Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. But, no, I'm just looking at that paralyzed still. The vid- it looks as if there's like a lot more custom. Yep. Like customability. Yep. Of everything, which yeah, is pretty and, and, cool. And one of the big things that my my kids are excited about is. The kids are actually entities in Paralives where like in Sims they're 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 not actually fully like fleshed out things. If I under I, I don't understand it because I don't pay attention that thoroughly, yeah. but like one of the things Sammy was telling me is the kids are actually kids. Like they're actually like characters. Yeah. So, I'll have to definitely have a wee bit more of a look because, like, <laughs> the just the the photos and that don't really give you that much of a yeah insight. I'd have to go and look at the videos those, and the, the videos trailers and that. Yeah, the trailers look good. I would like that. But uh, one last question I want to get to before we get to the happy ending. You had um, what is it? Uh, 
I want to end this topic on music. What song sparks immediate happiness? So War on Drugs, Thinking of a Place. Yeah, because that's the one I'll, I'll, what I'll, I'll actually like. even date is uh, War on Drugs, Thinking of a Place. Let's just put in a link and this is going to just start screaming at me. I mean, it is a long song. It's 11 minutes, mm-hmm. but it's it's just it is one of my favourite fucking songs. Like, see if you just want to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. That's that. It's just, it's just the journey. You just fucking let the song fucking enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely like, check it out off stream. That's definitely. I mean, if I open up my Spotify, like I've started this thing this year that I've got a playlist called Twenty Twenty One where see songs that I've listened to kind of on repeat for like a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I'll add it to this Spotify playlist to kind of go, well, in January, this was my song. And this point, this was my song. And okay. it is, it's quite, like, it throws it fucking everywhere. Um, wait, there's one song that just fucking, I mean, like, like looking at it, you know, I've got fucking Like a Prayer by Madonna on it. Because for a good solid while back in like February, all I listened to was that fucking song for Madonna. Um, there's like it's it's a whole big thing because I've got things like Frank Turner, Tim Vantel, Tim Barry, Lee Hazelwood, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Waits, So Tom What, Waits, Madonna, uh, Rusted Root. Like it's a whole bunch of people that you like. Some of you's probably never even heard. Chef Special is a Dutch band. Their, their music, I just think, it's perfect for a long drive. See if you're just driving, put okay. on Chef Special, and it, it's just a perfect kind of fucking thing. But the the song by Frank Turner, Don't Worry, is a song that I use religiously for, see when I'm feeling as if I'm just, I'm no making progress. I feel as if, like, I'm just fucking up and I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. This song, don't worry, it just sparks. Do you know what? I'll look up again. I'll put it on YouTube as well. Because right. it is... Don't worry. Right. Be happy. No, this is the thing. Do I want it where it's the live one? Or do I want it... I hate live versions of songs. I can't stand it. If like, I'm not right. there, I don't want to hear it. Right. No, it's with Frank Turner... He does a lot of his songs where, as much as he's done it live, it's like studio life. Oh, okay. That's that like live session in studio? Yeah, whereas okay. there's other okay ones where it's like, it's just the lyric video and all that kind of stuff. Right. But that one there, that one's an actual, I'm just making sure that it's a... Aye, we're good. It's no live. You can't hear a crowd in it. We're good. Hey, but chat, that way, one if, there... If you have a song, put it... Uh, just. Put it in chat. You can't post the link, but you can write out the band and the name of the song, and we'll check those yeah. out during the week. Yeah, definitely. I'm always up for learning yeah. new music. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, but uh, yeah, it's just one of those songs that basically, if I may, like the the premise of the song is like, don't worry if you don't know what to do. Like, none of us do. Like, we're all in the same boat. If you ever figure out what the fuck you've today, hopefully I will because. And it is, it is true because you're like, I know people that are in their 40s, 50s and 60s that don't have a fucking clue what they're doing. They just, they're still winging it. Right. Like that's, it's just a societal pressure that isn't necessary. 
That's how I see it. Um, that that song's been quite like that's been a, a number one for the last couple of weeks for me because I've just, as I said, I've just needed that kind of pickup. But yeah, like there's a whole bunch of songs that spark that. But thinking of a place by the War on Drugs is just one of the ones I'll never grow tired of listening to. It. Any mood, any moment, just that goes on, and it's just. Just immediate, I'm fucking happy where I am right now. It's one of these songs for me. Yeah, there's um, there's a song for me that um, it's probably the song that I connect with the most, and it it doesn't necessarily spark happiness, but it doesn't necessarily make me sad either. I don't yeah. I don't mind feeling melancholy or I don't mind feeling sort of um what's the word I'm looking for? You're not necessarily sad, but you're not necessarily happy. You're sort of reminiscent and uh satisfied. There's a song that intent. I'll intent, yeah. There's a there's a song that'll come on that when it comes on and it's on my playlist, all my playlists that when it comes on, it just gives me this sense of, God, it's so hard to explain. It's uh, Kill Switches Engage Always, and it's, it's basically a song that I view as me talking to my kids when I'm not here anymore. Because right. when I got divorced, and um, I'm, I don't want to get really off about it but when i got divorced i couldn't see my former stepson a lot and my my kid sammy wasn't with me a lot and it was it was a it was a tricky it was a tricky time because the situation that sammy was in and her mom was in and i kind of felt powerless and i kind of yeah. had to trust that sammy was strong enough to get through the situation they were in and when i came across this song the lyrics in it just made me, it put, I sent it to both my kids at the time because I said, even though we're not together, this is how, this is how it is for me. And basically the song says that even though I'm, I'm no longer there, I'll always be there, whether it's the dark of night or in your lowest moment, I'll always be there. And like, whenever that song comes on, there's this sense of serenity for me and just calm that it expresses the way I look at my kids mm. and it and brings me a sense of just like parental connection because if right. my kids listen to that song and not just Sammy and Captain Rex, the other ones too now because I found the song when I was still adjusting to having the other kids and we were still working on blending the family and whatnot. But now the song extends to all my kids. Um, but whenever it comes on, I just, I just have this sense of parental serenity and it just, it, it makes me think about their futures and all the things they're going to do, whether I'm there or not. And that song, you could probably hear it in my voice as my voice is kind of, as, as I'm kind of having, <laughs> just the song itself, just it it hits different for me. 
and it, it's yeah. absolutely one of my favorites. And you see all those posts on like Twitter or Facebook where they're like, post a song that will explain, that will tell me something about yourself. And I always post that song. I yeah. always post that song because that song is so powerful for me from that perspective of being a parent and being separated from my kids. And, and when I initially got divorced, um, to show my two kids that we would always be together, I made a necklace that had um, special colored beads that were connected by cogs right. that I wore around my neck. I don't wear it anymore because the other kids and I have bonded and, and we're all the family again. Like Sammy's with me more and, and Captain Rex comes down a lot. So I don't feel a need to wear that necklace anymore. But initially, the first couple of years of, of my divorce, that was a, a touchstone for me to stay connected to them. And Sammy and Captain Rex had their own necklaces made to kind of show that we were we were always connected. So that song, just that song out of a lot of the songs I listen to, just, yeah, it, it, it hits on a level that I can't explain properly. Yeah. Even now, I can't, I can't do the justice that that song has an effect on me. And to some extent it does for Captain Rex, like Sammy, 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 she's like, eh, she, she doesn't get really emotional about a lot of stuff. But like Captain Rex, really, he he vibes with that song a lot too, and I know I know Sammy does too, but not nearly as much as like Rex and I do, and that yeah. that's fine. Like some people connect more to it, other people don't. But I think that touches on the universality of music and how it can affect us. Like we talked yeah, about no, last, exactly. last time, how music is just this universal this universal thread that no matter lo- what language you speak. It'll, it'll, if it's good quality music, it'll hit, it'll, yeah. it'll touch you in a way that only music can. So I don't know, man, that I really like all the small things. Like there's so many little things that until we sit and think about them, we don't realize the effect they have on us. And, and talking today, like we, we got into football manager and Madden and like music and, and like it's, it's. It's a conversation like this that kind of causes me to take that step back and look at life in its in its totality because all too often we're caught up in the big picture. Yeah. And that was kind of why, like, that was the kind of point of this, if I'm being honest, was, as I said, like, personally, I just wanted a kind of positive thing. But at the same time, over the last couple of weeks, I've felt as if when I've been talking to you, especially on like the podcasts and stuff like that, I've just been feeling as if, not that your priority's been wrong, but I felt as if your mind seemed to be focusing on things that shouldn't really, like being, like, your work was just being shit, yeah. with like the doubles and all that kind of stuff, but for me, I felt over the last couple of weeks that seemed to be a constant in your talk was that it was constantly talking about how shit work was and yeah. having to do with that. It's and I've bad. just felt as if, yeah, I know it's been bad, and that's why I thought I wanted to try and stay away from that and be <laughs> like, let's focus on the important things, is the things that make us happy. Who gives a f- if work's been shit, work's been shit, fuck yeah. work. Let's- 
let's focus on what let's focus on the things that makes you deal with work. Yeah. Like and, why you go to work every day and that for your kids and for Bernadette and for Nick's and being able to afford to be able to game and be able mm-hmm. to afford to go out to restaurants. Like that's why we work. We don't most people don't work to enjoy it. Like it's very, very rare that you enjoy work unless you make it so. I like this. This I like I like that like this to to sneak a back end one, because I know we need to get to that Andy, but streaming that that that's a guilty pleasure for me. Like I I love I love streaming and doing the podcast. Like I do not I I I get like when I can't stream I get morose as fuck, man. I just I love streaming and I love doing the podcast with you because you do I think we do play off each other real well. Like when you were feeling down the other the other couple months ago, I was like, "Hey man, let, let you know, let's do something. Yeah. Let's talk about it." And like yeah, the last couple of weeks in work have been shit because I'm feeling the pressure of like the move and how work is going to how bad work is and and I'm on the one hand I'm so excited about getting this move ready, but I'm also trying to grind out as many hours to make sure the the move is successful. So and yeah. it just seems like the change in the weather, especially here in Wisconsin is so erratic that it seems to have lately it just been put people off so yeah like i really have been focused on it so i i really do appreciate being able to come down here and do the podcast with you because you're like one of my best friends like i don't get to see a lot of my best friends in person now like dante dante's married and he has his wife and he works full-time and he lives in a different city and covid so i i can't go hang out with dante but dante Dante plays games with a bunch of our friends and because of my streaming schedule I don't get to hang out with Dante but I don't know you know and then Amanda and Troy are in, you know they're out on the coast so like I don't get to hang out with a lot of my in-person best friends but I get to hang out with you and I get to hang out with Zim and I get to hang out with like uh Tim and Dread and Tulio and Kai from Singapore so like streaming and podcasting I I get to hang out with my friends. Like I get, I get to hang out with my friends again. Yeah. And, and my friends like you noticed that, you know, the last couple of weeks I've just, I've been hung up. Work has been garbage. Guards have been, mm-hmm. you know, just shit. And for you to recognize that and be like, let's just, let's talk about something positive and look at the small things that make us happy about life. I, I appreciate it immensely because without hanging out with a guy like you and doing a podcast or talking to Zim, I, I'd get bogged down because Bernadette's got three businesses she's running. She's working on the house. I'm working yeah. on work and and building the streaming brand. So having a friend like you and a lot of the my a, a common streamer term that people throw around is like stream family. So being able to hang yeah. out with my stream family has been like a a total like guilty pleasure for me and really a yeah. lifesaver because without it I'd just probably be Bernadette would be like fuck you get out. Cause I'm just, I've just been a, a lot of times I've just been a cranky ass because of how stressful work has been. So I, I do appreciate you, you know, stepping up and being like, let's talk about small things. What makes us happy? And what's focused? So I think that's a great yeah. transition to the happy ending. Cause yeah. this week's happy ending has been so difficult for me to choose because there were like eight articles that I wanted to. I wanted to talk about, but I was like, 
I mean, we could do like a whole Happy Endings podcast, but it would be just too much of a good thing, I feel. Overload on Happy Endings! But there was there was a lot. And I know last week we started with you, so I'm going to... I want to start with mine, and of course, obviously, it boils down to something with docks and nature and the ocean. Um, <laughs> there was an article that came out by the Good News Network called, and I'll post it here in a minute, because I'm a professional, unless Chris beats me to it. I mean, I could do if you want. Like, no, I, I got it, I got it, I got it right here. Yeah. Um, the article is called, Common Human Antibiotic Can Heal Coral Diseases. 95% success rate with amoxicillin. Now, everybody knows amoxicillin. That's you get sick, you take amoxicillin. You get you get the flu, you take amoxicillin, right? And amoxicillin is a penicillin derivative, if I'm not mistaken. Um I'm not sure. if 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 I'm if I'm you know bro sciencing the shit out of it, I think amoxicillin is a penicillin adjacent Medication. It sounds kind of right. I, I'm not really that big up on legal drugs. Right. So. <laughs> I'm not that big on legal <laughs> drugs. But this article talks about coral, how diseases continue to ravage coral reefs. And it's true. Like, coral reef death is a major thing in our oceans because coral reefs, coral reefs, God, docs, learn the English. <laughs> um... Coral reefs are the building blocks of ocean uh, ecosystems. They provide food and housing for species. They they produce uh, oxygen for all kinds of things. Like coral reefs keep the seabed uh, locked in. Like if the coral reefs die off, our oceans die off. Let's let's call it spade a spade, right? If there are no reefs, the oceans fucked. And with diseases just killing reefs by the acreage, yeah. uh, a college, a, uh, what is it, the, the Miami-Dade County in Florida, college, uh, the NOAA Cooperative Institute of Ocean Exploration Research and Technology, they are the foundation that discovered if you apply amoxicillin to uh, Montressa Sea Cave Nerosa coral colonies, aka Great Star Coral, <laughs> the amoxicillin has a 95% success rate in curing coral reef disease death. That's dope. Like, that's mm -hmm. amazing. Because with, with disease, and very apropos because we're in a pandemic trying to find a, a cure for you know the current pandemic disease that's ravaging the world coral reefs are having a same sort of pandemic especially the great star coral in the atlantic ocean and the fact that a commonly accessible easily repli replicatable over-the-counter antibiotic for the most part can heal and cure a vicious Basically, potentially ecosystem-ending scourge yeah. is is amazing, and I think that I'm I'm really glad that this was found because if, if they didn't find it, I, I shudder to think what the oceans would be without reefs. Reefs, I say reefs like it's reefs. Oh, that's, they Christopher Reeves just floating around the I ocean. Know, that's that's a hard like. <laughs> that's a reef is a hard like. As, 
Maybe it's my Wisconsin, the way I pronounce words, reef is very hard for me to talk about. But yeah, coral reef, coral reef death is, is something that I was, I was concerned about. And to see that a potential cure in amoxicillin is possible. Yeah. And that, that's, that's hugely uplifting. Much like any animal story we talk about or nature story, the fact that we're finding answers because scientists and experts are allowed to do what they do best is really reassuring to me. It just it just makes me happy. It really does. Yeah. No, definitely. I had a little look through it earlier on, but I, I have this thing where I, I, I scan through things to see if there's anything that I can on you on, but in the most part, I prefer just you describing what yep. the story's about because it just seems like a nicer way. But yeah, like reading that, like it just it does sound like I know every time we we, we talk about stories like that and we're like that is it's groundbreaking, right? But it, it kind of is because like unless you know exactly what like the sea as a whole plays a major part in our not just the ecosystem of the world, but human life. Yep. Like, the the sea literally absorbs most of the fucking carbon dioxide shite that we pump into the air. And the the coral reefs dying is basically because the they can't take any more out of shite left. Yep. Like they've they've they're they're too full of our shit yeah, to be right. able to function. So it's it's that kind of way of the fact that they're able, like, they found this, like, the amoxicillin is able to kind of kill off 95, 95% success rate yep. at healing individual disease lesions. Like, that's an amazing thing. I hope they don't, like, they don't think that because we can now heal the, the, the coral reefs, we can now pump more shit into the air. Yeah, but, right. Like, just the fact that we can now give the ecosystem that kick to try and solve our bullshit. It, it is, it's just proof that we are moving in the right direction in so many places, and these are the types of need to be pushed more to the forefront of any more progress that us as a human species make, because these are the people that are going to make it. It's their make or break. Like, they come up with the shit that we need to function. Yep. If if like if they're not doing that, we're fucked. So it is it's such a great story to just know that there's people on this and they're trying these out of the box ideas. Like it's another reason why I love science so much, is because they think of these things that nobody like who the fuck thought, do you know what? Mom will go into the ocean and just rub this um amoxicillin pill just here and see what happens. Like I'd love it's, to, I, it's genius. I'd love to see the I'd love to see the the method of how they arrived at it. Like like you said, <laughs> yeah. did they just be like, ah oh, fuck it, throw a moxicillin at it, see what happens. Because you know scientists yeah. aren't like that, but to see the trial and error of what they tried and then to see that reaction of the success. To yeah, that a fly, moment. To be a fly or like a fish in the ocean when the coral was like, I'm better, watching them go. <laughs> the triumphant expression alone of seeing that success would be worth the price of admission alone, in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, I no, agree. It's, it's... I agree. I like the way, like when you post a a story too. I do the same thing. I uh, I skim it because I want to hear you speak on it, right? Because the passion, 
the the emotion behind it um drives it home a little better than like if i had read the article myself and just kind of like point counterpointing the article like you said having you present yeah. the article and then respond with questions from you from your perspective or, or from your passion is something that i i love what we do with the happy ending so your happy ending is another nature one and there are several links so i'll post the link that i found from your document and if you want you can post another link but you yeah, the, introduced the your links, story the links are kind of thing me up the first link from the independent like that's your link again by the way god so, damn it sorry no it's all right that link there is from a news paper article here this one here, though, is basically the same article. The only reason I've put up a different one is because one of them only allows you to read for free for so many times. Okay. And the other one has a similar thing. So if one doesn't work, the other one will. Yeah, you posted then, the link I was going to post. The Scotsman article is the one I read. Yeah. And then this link is basically from the actual conservation website where it actually talks about it but basically what's happening is many people don't know that Scotland especially have their very own tigers what? we have wild tigers they're called highland tigers and they're some of the cutest fucking things you'll ever see yeah they're feral cats they're not tigers no, they're not feral cats. Feral <laughs> cats are domesticated cats that have become feral. These are wild cats. These came from, I think, if you go to the conservation one, uh-huh. if you go to that, they do explain how back in like 500 BCE, the cats arrived. Oh, uh, wow. Basically, it was the are indigenous. We had three different kind of cats. Okay. There was... Uh, these, I'm pretty sure it was the lynx. We had, like, it was a certain kind, it was like the lynx, but we had two other kind of cats. You had the saber-tooth that died in the first Ice Age, and then you had another cat that died in, uh, during the Ice Age as well. And then I want to say it's like the Eurasian cat, which was a cross between, it was brought in during run about the Roman times. Uh-huh. But it was it made extinct through over hunting for its pelt and fur for clothing. Okay. So these cats here are known as the Highland Tiger. So it's technically still a tiger. It's a wild cat. They're fucking cute. Yeah, um, because they're bigger than like a domesticated cat and feral cats. Now, the problem that there is, is at one point in the last few years, we ended up with only 50 pure breed Highland Tigers left because okay. stupid people that have cats that don't understand that the likes of the UK and that cats are not domesticated cats are not normal. You're right. adding a creature into an ecosystem that it does not belong in. They're an Therefore, it, if you yeah, like you're putting out a domesticated cat and allowing it out in the streets, they're killing the mice, the moles, the all the other rodents that belong here. Your domesticated cat does not belong here. Keep it indoors or don't get one. Simple as. Right. So what's happening is these domesticated cats have been gone out and they've been breeding with these Highland tigers. So they've now got hybrid species that are no longer pure breed of the Highland tiger. So the Highland tiger is technically going extinct. 
because of this breeding that's going on in these places. So basically the Wildcats in Scotland, it's a conservation in Scotland that basically what they want to do is reintroduce the Highland Tigers to Scotland and conservation and wildlife parks and that throughout the Highlands and the Cairngorms and that. So basically the plan is is they're, they've got one cat called Nell that's been reintroduced mm. in, or it already has been. They've got 15 other cats that are coming in to the park that they're then going to prepare and get ready to send out as well. And basically what's happening is they're trying to reintroduce a part of history of Scotland and that we had wild cats roaming the highlands and the mountains and the forest. Because the problem with the domesticated cats is most domesticated cats arrived from, like, Asian cats. Yeah. Like, or Middle Eastern cats. That's what a domesticated cat basically is, is it's cats that came through there. So, basically, what's happened is these cats are not prepared for, they're not suited to the Scottish climate. Yeah, they can't survive the environment. Yeah, so when they're breeding with the Highland Tigers, the the gene pool in that that is normally there for the Highland Tigers to survive in winters, they're not there anymore because they're being diluted out. Right. So this conservation is basically, (sighs) they're trying to reintroduce the pure breeds in order to bring back that part of history and that wildlife back into the ecosystem. And again, it is one of the ones that their endeavours are always going to be muted because domesticated cats are allowed to roam freely. And it's like, they really shouldn't be because they're not supposed to be here. Yeah, why is that? Like, the like that's the same thing here. Like, I never understood why it's okay for you to let your cat prowl the neighbourhood, but you can't let your dog. I, I don't know the whole ins and outs here. I don't know why it became a thing. But at the same time, like, it's just a thing, like, it's weird. (laughs) Because trying to kind of, trying to come up with a logical reason as to why, but you have to remember, I struggle to have a logical reason as to why you would have pets in the first place, because yeah, yeah, like, For me, like, like, just let leave them go and do their thing. Like, why? Because, like, like, say, like, you could go down that whole route that we're not going to because it's positive time. But (laughs) (laughs) uh, just the fact that, like, I never knew about this until a couple of years ago that we actually even had, like, I knew we had, like, wildcats in Scotland thousands of years ago and all that. Right. We still had certain ones that I mean they're not that big, they're they're, they're still thing, I mean. But what is funny is that there's so many people even in Scotland that didn't actually even that you're supposed to we're supposed to have them in the wild. So it's nice to see that this conservation are kinda going, no, we're we're gonna start putting them out again. We need to have we need to bring back that history. Yeah. It, and it opens the doors to a lot more other things that that we can start reintroducing. Yeah, it kind of, the story when when I kind of skimmed through it reminded me of like the reintroduction, the reintroduction of wolves to the US. 
Yeah. Because wolves are, are supposed to be here. Like, and it, it's a it's a hot button issue uh, up by my family's land because my family has deer hunting land and they're all like, oh, fuck wolves. They, you know, they're, they're so anti-wolf. And I'm like, you do realize the benefit of having a wolf, right? The wolves run your, in the environment. And they're like, oh, they killed my dog and shit. No, they don't. That's the mountain lions. That's the bobcats. That's the cougars. A healthy wolf pack will not fucking go near your property at all. They'll cull your fucking deer herds and get rid of it. Because a couple of years ago when I was living in Michigan, like a, a couple of years ago, it's now like 12, 15 years ago, actually. Oh, my God. I'm so old. <laughs> um, When I was living up there, they were reintroducing wolves into upper Michigan. And my uncle was just all, all up in arms. And we got into a huge argument about it. And I'm like. You're either ignorant or just stupid because you don't understand what a healthy wolf will do. And he quoted all this fucking misinformation. Oh, wolves kill people on and hiking and da 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 da. And at the time, there had been no verified, recorded incident of a healthy wolf ever attacking a human being. Like, I was like, dude. And then, right at that time, Yellowstone had released its findings on reintroducing wolves into into Yellowstone. How it modified its environment and basically made Yellowstone healthier. So seeing that Scotland is now reintroducing a native predatory species, so that it can have a beneficial effect uh, effect on the on the world. Ours are hard for me today. Rural <laughs> environment of Scotland is is so interesting to me because I didn't know Scotland had tigers. Like I made the joke that the oh they're just cats, but like. Reading the article as you were kind of talking about it, yeah, they're they're legit like wildcat kind of tigers. It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah no, it's because like, as I said, I never knew about it as being a thing until, um, like I kind of seen this. Like I knew about it a couple of years ago, but this is the first time where I'd actually seen it and went, oh fuck, there's actual like actual wildcats that we're supposed to have. I just thought it was thousands of years ago that they went extinct. Yeah. I didn't know that there was still supposed to be some, but but yeah, like talk, touching on that, I think what the problem is with a lot of people is they they seem to forget that we're encroaching on the wildlife. Yep, it's not the other way. We're taking their home, not yeah. that they're coming into ours. Like that's the overpopulation of the human species is destroying the wildlife, not the other way around. So you turn around and saying, "Oh, that will attack such and such," that I. Because you're in their fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> if Jimmy down the road came and broke into your house to steal your shit, you would deal with him and all. So don't start blaming the animals for be having their natural instinct. We're the ones that are fucking things up here. They should be allowed, like, we're the ones... Like, at the end of the day, you have to look at it this way. See if you get killed by a bear. That yeah. was nature selecting your time to end. <laughs> your we, number was up, baby. You literally just said that in the likes of like deers and that, wolves don't go for healthy deers. They go for yeah. the old and the sick. The old That's and the how sick. It is. Exactly. It's the exact same way. I mean, granted, in some cases, like if you go to Africa, I sometimes go after the young and the sick. Right. But it's it's basically the ones that don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> but it's, it's still basically their, their nature selection of. Yeah, natural selection. They don't exist. So. Maybe it comes to a time where we have to admit 
and go, well, let's have the the proper, like, the, the food chain, the yep. cycle. Like, let's go to a point where, see if, 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 if you can cut it, fuck you. Like, yeah. that's it, you're out. You're gone. The rules have got you. We, we definitely need to find that balance again, because, uh, and I'm not one of those that romanticize the, the, the past eras, but one of the things I think that uh, Native peoples really understood was the balance between nature and humanity. Yeah. Because you look at, like, the, the Native populations of Europe before, quote-unquote, civilization, like the Neanderthals and stuff, they found a balance between their environment. And I think as humans progressed, we've lost scope of the balance because we got that overinflated ego of, well, we're the apex predator. It's our world. No, it's not our world. It's all world. And I think yeah. we need to come around to that again and kind and of recognize that how we impact our environment also impacts us. Yeah. You know. One thing that I want to touch on there is you said that we believe that we are the apex predator. I don't. We are not the apex predator. Us having guns and missiles <laughs> and bombs make us a good killer. Yeah. We are not an apex predator. No, you go into a fucking lion with nothing, just a fair fight, you are fucked. Yeah. That lion is fucking you up. There is no <laughs> way we are above a lion in the food chain. The only problem that humans have is that they don't want to accept that we are, like we talk about like domestic cats and an invasive species or this the, the snakes in my or the uh, the swamps down in Florida are an invasive species. Yeah. But like we are an invasive species in the grand scale of nature. Like mm -hmm. that's yeah. us. We are the ones that's coming up and ruining Yeah, shit. we're the most dominant invasive species ever. Yeah. Like, we've came in and destroyed full ecosystems. We've destroyed full natural occurrences the, the, because we want to have this telephone pole. <laughs> Fuck that, Will's family. Like, that's, that's, the, that's the egotistical nature of human is fuck everything else. I want to be able to get from here to here in 10 minutes. Yeah, but but uh, to keep it on on the positive note, even though we are that, there are people in this oh, world yeah. who who are making great strides in conservation. Like like we talked about the rhinos in Kenya a couple of weeks ago. We talked about the Highland Coos. We've we've talked so much about the animal kingdom or nature in general in our happy endings because for you and me especially, highlighting that the the importance of our environment for us is one of those things that you and I signal very heavily because yeah. we recognize that we have to do better. Otherwise we're not going to be here because the animals of the, of this world have a right to coexist with us. And for you and me highlighting stories that we're re we're reconnecting and, and repopulating and, and finding ways to positively impact the animal kingdom yeah. after so many years of negatively impacting it, just it, 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 it's a nice change. It it's is. It's a nice change of pace. And it, and it reinstills that hope for humanity, at least just, just a little bit. Just a little bit, <laughs> kind of. There's a little ember of worthwhile humanity when it comes to intermingling with nature still. And I think when, when we do an article like this, I, I think, because I, I've, I've gotten comments from like people who listen to the podcast, they're like, yo, 
the fact that you talked about, you know, the, the, the guy who cleans the plastic out of the river in India so that the yeah. river can be healthier. And then we talked about the coups, how we, how they're adapting tourism to raise awareness of Highland coups. Like I've heard feedback that people really like that because without having us signal boost these types of stories, a lot of people wouldn't be aware of it. So I, I really like when we can, can do something like that. And Having the fact that Scotland has tigers, like, that's, yeah. But the, to be clear, for those of you that are listening and, and don't know the links, they're they're not tigers in the sense of, like, the Indian tiger or the Eurasian <laughs> tiger. They're fucking wildcat tigers, and they're still badass yeah. in their own right. They're just not, like, the sheer Khan tiger, for those of you that are only listening. But, Chris, it's about that time, man. I think it's been a great yeah. conversation. Tell the folks where they can reach out to you and and kind of touch base with you. And touch uh, yeah, my... you can you can get me on Twitter at ChrissyC90. Get me on the YouTube channels. Uh, same again, and I'm starting to do more streams. Yeah, on you Twitch, are. So you, you can get ass. me there. You're what, like <laughs> you're like thirty eight, forty followers in like a week. Yeah, something. Like you that. are like crushing, man. I'm so proud of you. You and Zim have been kicking ass lately. Yeah, I'm happy for you. You guys are rocking Almost it, dude. Almost affiliate. <laughs> Almost, yeah. You and you and Zim are are getting there pretty close. I'm I'm happy. So, Twitch, Chrissy C ninety. He he's starting yeah. it up. He's he's getting it. He's, he's it's great, man. I, I'm really proud of you. But yeah, uh, same for me. Uh, Docs Ryan on the Twitter. Docs Ryan on Twitch. You can get at me at my YouTube. Like I said, mostly my YouTube is exporting the podcast and doing vlogs. I haven't done a vlog in like six months. I gotta do one. I just been I've been busy, all right? I've been busy. But by all means, do us a favor. Whatever you listen to this on the podcast, any podcast platform you listen to, rate and review. That helps us to make more of this. Drop a comment and a like on the YouTube videos, whether it's Chris or mine or both. Either way, it doesn't matter. Stop by our streams on Twitch. Let us know how you heard about us and give us constructive criticism. Uh, holler stories at us, talk about topic ideas, get at us, let us know, because this is a conversation not just for me and Chris, but for you guys too, whether you're live or you're post-show, post, post yep. show, get at us. We really appreciate it, and uh, I can't wait to be one back. Thing, What's up? One thing we can say What's is that? on the, the New Look website is there is a section where you can share your opinion you click the link and it'll take you to a contact page where you can put in your details, put in your message, and it'll send straight to us wow. where you, you'll get your message. Look at you it's being all professional. All like, I'm so proud. I'm so proud. <laughs> Look at you. You even got a contact page on the website when it goes live. God damn. Yeah. But that's our time, folks. Chris, say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>